you want to talk to Switchblade JY, I'm sorry. You're just kidding, Jamie. Everything I've done. Sacrifices. The years away, when I first left New Zealand, I didn't see my family, my parents, I didn't see them for three and a half years. Because I dedicated myself to this. I put everything into this. I believe in myself like you wouldn't believe. I know what I can do. I know. At least I thought I knew. No matter how much I feel like I know it in here and in here, no matter how much I believe that it's my moment, my time, that it's my destiny, that I was about to become God. being wrong hello everyone and welcome to the never open podcast the podcast open to everyone especially the new japan dads and their gym fuck that's an awesome idea i love those adorable motherfuckers my name is luke i am your host as always and with me for our very special wrestle kingdom slash new year's dash show is Mr. Andy, say hello, Mr. Andy. Hello, Mr. Andy, and hello, Luke, and hello to everybody out there. Uh, big thank you to everybody that uh, you know interacted with us on Twitter during the shows. It was so much fun. This was quite an experience, and I don't know if you're like me, Luke, but I have a feeling I'm not going to have enough words, or I'm going to have too many words. I, I'm going to have problems expressing um, what this experience was like. Um, so I'm going to do my best. I know you're going to do your best too, and we'll pick each other up, but I just want to let people know, you know, I am delirious from lack of sleep and stuff like that, as well as this kind of spiritual experience that the show was. And so, uh, we're going to do our best. Yeah. And I, I think it'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, let's get some, uh, Let's get some stuff out of the way first, Mr. Andy. There are ways people can contact us if they do so desire. Uh, One of those ways is on the Tweety. I'm at Grumpy2EB. That's where you can find me. Mr. Andy is at DrucifaTweets. And you can probably catch one or both of us at NeverOpenPod. All on the Tweety. And then if you want to send a voicemail or an email or anything like that, it's NeverOpenPod at gmail.com. Um, oh, so we will have match recommends. I don't know if you got yourself a Kojima tweet or anything like that, uh, but uh, I'm, I'm fucking, I'm so ready. I, I am so ready. Uh, yeah, I'm ready too. I mean, how do you want to set this up? I mean, obviously Wrestle Kingdom, biggest show of the year for New Japan. Um, it, it's different than all the other shows and it's kind of hard to describe why. It's just kind of everything's bigger, everything's more, you know? Um, and man, they delivered. I mean, we're, we're, you know, we're obviously, we're huge New Japan fans. We're going to have a lot of great things about this show uh, to say. We'll say some things that maybe we think were not so good or whatever. But I mean, I don't know. How do you feel overall, Luke, having experienced this as something we've been looking forward to? It's something that we've been building to in a year that has been fucked and continues to be fucked uh, into the next year. 
you know, this podcast, New Japan, and the stuff that we've been doing has kind of saved me in ways that I can't really describe. Uh, how have you felt about this whole thing? And did this feel like a big climax to you like it did me? Yeah. Uh, well, I've loved doing the show. It's definitely, you know, kept me busy and all that kind of, in, in all the positive ways this year. Uh, yeah, I had a bit of a dark year too, I guess. Um, one of my parents passed away and I was pretty, pretty shitty and all that kind of stuff. And then one day some dickhead from America was like, you want to do a new Japan podcast? I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. And I was like, wait, what? Oh, fuck. Yes. All right. So here we are. This is like episode 31. There's milestones that I wanted us to hit when we started doing this show. And I think uh, the last one was Wrestle Kingdom. Like we did a G1. We've done, albeit a truncated version, we've done a Best of Super Juniors. We've done a New Japan Cup. We've done a, a Tag League. We've done king of pro wrestling even though that was only a thing this like last <laughs> year but uh i feel like we've we've hit all these things as it's like yep uh wrestle kingdom was pretty much the last big one we hadn't done because we've done a dominion now we've done all the big ones except wrestle kingdom so for everyone else like uh wrestle kingdom well, i guess the the three days ended for them at new year's dash and then for me i'm just like it hasn't ended for me yet. I, I go to sleep, I wake up, and I'm like, here we are. We get to record and talk about it. Uh, I loved Wrestle Kingdom and New Year's Dash. There are things I like more than other things, which we'll definitely get into. Uh, there were, I, I would say I liked to loved most of it. And there was very little that left me underwhelmed. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that about uh, Wrestle Kingdom 15. Well, I mean, that sounds pretty reasonable. I, We're reasonable guys, so of course you would sound reasonable. And you're a reasonable person. But uh, yeah, well, I mean, I'm ready to get into this whenever you are. Obviously, we were um, confused about what or I was. I know I was about the Rambo and what that was. And I know I had seen that imprint before. I had heard that before. And it's, it's the New Japan Rumble, which is what they used to do at the beginning of every single uh, Wrestle Kingdom. And typically, it, it's, it's kind of a jokey match. It always has been, you know. Like, I think the last time they did it, a guy, and, and um, I can't remember his name, so don't, I, I don't have any details about it because I can't remember. But it was a guy that was like a wrestler that had, like, like lived through cancer and they let him win the Rumble or something like that. So, I mean, oh, I remember, remember that? that? Right. So it's it's always kind of a more fun, you know, kind of goofy and, and you know kind of thing. So that's what we got first. All right. So a professional podcast would be like, hey, there's this uh, there's this battle royal. Uh, you, you can win by a pin submission or throwing them over the top rope. And now here's a list of everybody in the match. I didn't take that note. I mean, I guess I could just go look at it now and tell everyone everything <laughs> no. that was. No. You know, <laughs> So, if you watch, I guess, American wrestling and you watch a rumble, I, w I would say usually it works out super fucking tight. It's really deep. Most of the time, I'd say it's got some decent booking and the wrestlers kind of know what to do. Because I, I guess rumbles are more a thing, or battle royals are more a thing in uh, Western wrestling. So, uh, what the Japanese wrestlers aren't used to is doing a, a royal rumble so it's a bit clunky <laughs> uh that's me being nice uh 
it's it's fun it's also a kind of depressing in 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 ways because uh, you see this is a pre-show match by the way so you see guys like Suzuki and Ishii and and shit like that in this match and you're just like oh man I wish they were on the card, but it's two days and the card's pretty stacked and not everywhere, not every wrestler can get showcased in, in ways that you want them to. So, yeah, so it's a, <laughs> it's a mixed bag of emotions, the, uh, the, the Rambo Battle Royal. However, I still had a lot of fun with it because I thought the ending was an absolute fucking genius move. And that's because... With this battle royal, uh, it's the last four people in that qualify for the night two's uh, four-man King of Pro Wrestling match. And all right, you got. By the way, uh, Chase Owens, the fact that he lasted the whole rumble, that's good for him. For me though, I'm just like he outlasted Suzuki, he outlasted Ishii, he outlasted all these motherfuckers. I'm like, really? The fucking <laughs> Chase, Farle, I can get, but Chase, really? All right, Bushi was i guess smart he just stayed outside the whole time the last four are chase Fale, bushi and and 2020's king of pro wrestling toriano <laughs> mr andy do you want to tell the listeners how uh <laughs> the amazing things that yano did in this match well you're gonna have to fill me in so because <clears throat> you know i looked away for a second and this match was over and um you know, they had gotten down to like five or four people and then like Yano like tricked his way into winning without even getting in the ring. I'm not sure how it happened. I did have a lot of fun with it to some extent. Like you said, one thing I do want to tell people is that typically in a rumble style match like this, all you know going in, is if you're the, if you're like number 20 or you're whatever, you know what number you're coming out and you know who goes out before you. So the idea is that if you're Suzuki and, you know, Nagata goes out, is the guy that is supposed to trigger, then you going out, you see him go out, you hear the announcer do it, then you do your spot and you go out. And that's typically how it works. And that's why it's such a mess, because that's all they usually set up. So, but this had a cool ending. I, I, tell me exactly what happened, because like I said, I kind of missed it. All right, we're talking about this match way too long, but I'll, I'll, I'll just say like... <laughs> we said two uh, minutes. <laughs> the only thing they plan is, yeah, as you said, the eliminations... And that's the thing about New Japan style of wrestling. They don't usually call matches in the ring or anything like that. So, yeah. And then you've got, like, how many people in the ring at the same time? It's really hard to coordinate. But uh, the Young Lions are some of the last people to come in the ring. And Bad Luck Farley and Chase beat the shit out of them, throw them all out. And then and as as Yano's making his way into the entrance, one of the, one, the uh, I guess, the fifth person gets thrown out. And before he even touches the ring, he's like halfway down the ramp or whatever. The match is over. <laughs> and Toriano, without even entering the ring, has won and qualified for night two of Wrestle Kingdom. So I just thought that was absolutely genius. Like, Yano is so good. He can not only beat uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi and Okada, both, both feet once in the G1 and once in the King of Pro Wrestling original four-way match. So, you know, what other accolades can we bestow upon the King? Yeah, let's have him win without even getting in the ring. I thought that was fucking fantastic. Uh, it's very Yano. It <laughs> put a big smile on my face. And I was like, it made all the kind of clunking and awkwardness kind of disappear for me. And I was like, all right, 
if 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 we if we did all that and it led to this finish, uh, I'm actually happy with it. Yeah, it's all good. Well, yeah, I mean, if this was the uh, semi-main event at Wrestle Kingdom, it would be like a a technical masterpiece. You know, it's not. It's it's on a pre-show because it's just some goofy thing that's fun. It's really fun that they're they're putting Yano over. You know, in in ways that are just really funny and clever. And I thought that was cool. And you know, like I said, he we we've said for now a year he is the oh, you know well, not quite a year but you know while he is the king of pro wrestling. So I mean, there's nobody else. And and I think. If they ever get rid of this gimmick, right, uh, Suzuki should just walk into the ring, kill everybody, and that's the last thing you ever hear of it. Yeah. And I, I, I love, like, Akata introduces King of Pro Wrestling. He loses the, the, the match where they give the first trophy holder, you know, the name of first trophy holder. And he's never had anything to do with it since. It's quickly become the fun kind of Yano train. And I, I know they can always turn it around because there was a submission match that happened at one point. Uh, I think uh, <laughs> both members just wanted a submission match. I think that was Show and Saint Nata or something right. like that. So you can always go, whenever you want, you can always go the other way with it and have people just beat the shit out of each other for this trophy. That's but true. for That's now, true. Uh, I'm really just, just happy with this, this goofy Yano stuff because it allows him to be creative in just kind of new and wonderful ways we've never seen yet. It's awesome. May he reign forever, you know? Yeah, Hell yeah. Long live the king. All right, so that match, so we get like, kind of collect ourselves and get ready and all that. And then, uh, yes, of course, we're live at the Tokyo Dome. Uh, English commentary is actually there. So I think we've both made comments that the English commentary that we'd been having is fine. It's 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 good, but there's a difference between them uh, watching it from a screen at home and commentating, and then uh, just being live at the actual bloody venue. So, shout out to all, like, all three men uh, for all three nights: uh, Rocky Romero, Kevin Kelly, and Chris Charlton. I think they nailed it, and it was just good to have them actually there. So that was awesome. Tokyo Dome looks big and massive, and they've made it look as full as they possibly could. But, of course, you know, there's a diminished crowd because <sighs> fucking COVID. But yeah. even still, even with all that, there's a long <clears throat> ramp. Everything looks really cool. And, and I don't know, it still feels like Wrestle Kingdom. And I was just super hyped and amped up for... All three nights, uh, I, these are on at night time for me. Like, they start around seven-ish. So by the time they finish, I'm way too hyped up to go to sleep. So about <laughs> 1 or 2 a.m., I'll go to bed, and I'll just be like, fuck, man, that was awesome. So that was me all three nights. So, uh, you know, it's a different kind of late night, but uh, I was still uh, thankful I mean, for some sleep. Yeah, that's why I am in a cloud of haze right now because uh yeah you know, this show started at 2 a.m for me and it's ending around like you know five or six or something like that and then i had to be ready for another day so i took these days off you know just so that i could be on japanese time basically so uh, i basically feel jet lagged without the travel but uh the point that you made about you know the covid and all that stuff and and what's going on in japan right now uh you know they're about to lock down so this is kind of 
a last hurrah maybe for a while uh, in uh, wrestling. I mean, who knows if uh, we do have future uh, plan- uh, shows planned, of course, uh, New Japan does, but however, we don't know what's going to happen. So, you know, this is another layer to why this was a meaningful show, you know, in my opinion. <clears throat> yeah. So let's go. Oh, man. I'm just so excited and, and kind of got this excited, nervous energy. Let's get, let's get, we, uh, we gotta get into let's it. Let's get straight into it. <laughs> and uh, we start off with El Fantasmo and Hiromu Takahashi. Wow. Oh, come on, Luke. You're going you're gonna to disrespect Japanese Don King like that and not even mention him. You know, uh, we had the Japanese Don King come, guy come out first. The guy that sang the song that I refuse to make fun of because it's just low-hanging fruit but um oh whoa whoa <laughs> stop, do, stop do, you do, bastard do. all right uh well when? he wasn't in it much he didn't really no he like, didn't do much you know if this was wwe i guess he'd be all over the place and annoying but he did the song he did the video with a carter and he what made an appearance or two on night one i don't even remember him on night two I, he was just like uh so not on my radar obviously because i'm not even talking about him so if you want to talk but, about yeah, him, go for it well he was here to introduce you know wrestle kingdom to be the host and introduce a special guest ricky joshu you know and mm. um that was pretty cool he had this is pretty funny so ricky joshu is like kind of like the first like really big international uh japanese wrestler i kind of to me he's kind of like the er wrestler and we'll you know we'll eventually have match recommends he's on my list i just haven't gotten to him yet there's so many but he's a multi-time, you know, uh, IWGP heavyweight champion. It's a big deal. So he's there, and he has this little kid with him as his grandson, and the grandson is not having it, and he's like crying his eyes out. <laughs> he hates, he hates Japanese Don King, and that was funny. That was the beginning of Wrestle Kingdom. So I just thought that was fun. And Ricky Joshu just was like, "Yeah, I'm here. We're at Wrestle Kingdom. Cool. See ya." You know, that was it. So, <laughs> yeah, he's 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 there to go. Hey. Uh, I'm a big. I used to be a big deal uh, at Wrestle at the Tokyo Dome, and I'm here to what? What did he commentate? I'm not sure. I don't think so. I think he was just there to kind of like you know give him the rub and and uh, give the show his blessing kind of thing, you know. Which which oh, I think like, is I'm maybe, there to walk out to my seat. I think that's a bigger deal. Maybe you know paying respects maybe is a bigger deal in that culture than it is to us. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'd say it is. But yeah, all right. So. Can I talk about yes, AMP versus Hiroko? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. I like when I see stuff like that. I'm like, oh yeah, this must be nice for the, the Japanese crowd and maybe mega fans on on the Tweety and stuff like that. And then just proceed not to take any fucking notes on it at all. All right, so we got ELP versus Hiromu Takahashi, and right away I'm like, yeah, uh, I think I like ELP's old music better. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I like the more electronic kind of headbanger kind of thing he was going for. Then the new one, who cares? But uh, the story of this match is like Hiromu has to win, right? Because, well, ELP versus Ishimori doesn't really make sense for Wrestle Kingdom Night 2. Really, it makes zero sense because they're both in Bullet Club. And you'd rather see them two wrestle in something like, uh, like a Besser Super Juniors or something like that anyway. Because they're on the same faction. So... Yes, Hiromu wins, but uh, I still thought this was a really fun match where they pull out some fucking crazy shit. Like ELP drapes, or draps, according to my notes, Hiromu over the over the top rope 
you know, in a way I haven't really seen that often. And then just elbow drops him and stuff. It's a really good match. Uh, Hiromu's hand gets like messed up quite a bit by El Fantasmo. And then we got a, uh, a quick little roll-up finish to end it with uh, Hiromu getting his hand raised and going to night two. Uh, it, it, it's a good match. I think uh, Hiromu will have an even better match the next night, but uh, I thought it was a great way to open the show. Definitely. I mean, it's fine. I, you know, gosh, I am not on the ELP train, man. I just, I just, I don't know. He just doesn't do it for me yet. And uh, I don't know why that is. I have a couple ideas, but... Um, you know, I did like that his heel shenanigans got inter- interrupted by like one of those insane shotgun drop kicks that, <laughs> that Hiromu does off of the. All right, you know how like um what's his name um Mick Foley? You know he's like hippie, like can't walk and wasn't he had to get all these surgeries and stuff and do DDP yoga because he did the fucking cactus uh you know elbow off of the off the apron to the floor and obviously he did it a lot of times with no pads. And, um, you know, Hiromu doing those moves, I just love that. I mean, he just, he kills himself trying to beat the other guy. And it's it's good stuff. You really, that really adds to the struggle of his character and gains him sympathy. And it's, it's the timing's perfect on a lot of this stuff. My, my thing, though, my big takeaway from this match was this one spot where Hiromu tries the apron bomb, but um, he ends up taking it. And he, like, shows everybody, this is mm-hmm. how you take this move. And um, I was like, that's how you fucking do it. Because no one wants to take that bump. I don't want to take that bump. No one does, you know? And so it just seems so horrific. And uh, he took it like a badass. It was awesome. I, You know, I like this. I'm happy that Hiromu won. It was kind of expected. And I was getting settled in at this point. And I'm like, I'm starting to feel a little something. You know, this is this is, this is is fun. There's people on Twitter. The, the crowd looks good. This is Wrestle Kingdom. It's starting to feel like that. Yeah. And... That's. I think it was Hiromu's way of saying, "What? None of you want to take this move? I'll do it." Like I don't think Hiromu <laughs> will ask you to take a bump that he's not willing to no, take himself. Yeah. That's what I like about him. Uh, so yeah, very solid opening match, and oh, I'm I'm a bit mixed on this match. Next match, it's it's good. I like it. It's just not necessarily the finish that I wanted, and that's that's fine. All right. But we got the Dangerous Techers versus the Gorillas of Destiny. And, of course, we've got Do- uh, Doki. Hey, I said it right. Uh, Doki is with uh, the Techers, of course, and the Gorillas of Destiny have Jado. And I was right. Uh, I mentioned it on our preview show. I wonder if Do- Doki will come out with the, the Techers because uh, Jado will be there. I was like, yay. Um, there'll be a bit of me gloating uh, <laughs> about uh, me being right about a couple of things. Uh just because I'm super excited. Sometimes wrestling, everyone, can be unpredictable and awesome. Yes. And then sometimes wrestling can be, uh, for me, predictable and awesome. So, you know, <laughs> sometimes when you guess something and it, and it comes true, you kind of, I like, it, for me, it's like, I wanted that. So I'm like, yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, there'll be a little bit of that. But uh, this is a good, fun, solid tag team match. They had me believing that uh, Tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr. could win this. And I I just kind of really bought in. Uh, yes, they're all heels, but the Techers are definitely the face group in this in this match, even though they're cheating and doing all their usual kind of uh, Suzuki Goon kind of shit. But uh, shades of their World Tag League match because Tama once again uses the claw on Tai Chi. Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch, I know, right? And then Tonga Loa 
hits the ape shit on Tai Chi, and we've got G.O.D. as the new tag team champions. And <laughs> one of the most adorable things I've ever seen, but definitely not the most adorable thing I saw this weekend. There were two things that were more adorable, but it's uh, Doki carrying uh, carrying out Tai Chi to the back. I thought that was awesome. <laughs> Yes, uh, shout out to Gino, who was not on the show. We'll talk about that a little later. But yes, uh, Do- you know, Dookie's great. And, you know, it's a shame he didn't get a singles match on Wrestle Kingdom, but a lot of guys didn't get singles matches on Wrestle Kingdom. So it is what it is. I This match was fantastic. So uh, real quick, and I am going to get into some super nerdy wrestling stuff here uh, tonight. Do it. I, I'm going for we're it. We're doing a New Japan podcast. I think, when, yeah, I think everyone knows fine. we're nerds. So, so, you know, the typical, you know, face heel dynamic, like Western style tag match, you know, uh, even with managers, it's always the same. You know, the idea you've heard people say the cliche, we cut the ring and a half and you, you know, keep your opponent away. Well, the idea is you got your, your three phases, you got your, your shine, which is when the, the bad guy bumps all over the place for the good guy and, sh- you know, shows that he's a badass, but then they cheat to take over. And that's what's called the heat section where, you know, basically a good guy's getting beat up and <laughs> fucking Tai Chi was taking all the heat in this match. And like Z- uh, Zack Sabre Jr. is like trying to get the crowd behind him. And I'm like, this is like bizarre. And I love it. <laughs> so so they do that part. And then obviously the finish is the last part. So, um, you know, they executed that formula perfectly. And when like guys that are masters at their craft, when you see them do it, it, like, you know, I don't care if it's somebody that makes a pizza or somebody that, uh, you know, does art on Etsy or whatever. If they do it at that master level and, like, to execute it perfectly, it's a beautiful thing, you know. And so that's what I, I saw here. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, we got, like, a Tower of Doom spot. I mean, they were doing the formula here, you know. It was it was really funny. So Zack Sabre yeah. Jr. is in a Tower of Doom. <laughs> like, submission technical specialist tower of doom and you're like wait what oh man well (laughs) he had to sacrifice himself because he was part of it you know but you know basically he got power bombs so he could suplex somebody else and you know uh, tower dooms the big like tower spot in the corner that's always in multi-man tag matches in america uh, on the indies for sure so much so that it's like a cliche at this point so it was really fun to see it in a new japan match just like oh that's fun you know um i had a blast with this i was fucking pissed that god won but i mean that's where we were headed, you know. So uh, a lot of these, a lot of these results were obvious. Uh, some of them were not, you know. So uh, I had fun with the ones that were obvious, like you said. But just to echo what you said, I, I think that when it's obvious and it works out, and they do the stuff that makes sense, that's great. When they surprise you, that's great too. Yep. And uh, yeah, so I guess the story was like, look, they've never won World Tag League, and they've never successfully one at the Tokyo SGA. Why not? It's their story anyway. And you can go so many different places with the techers. You can keep them going as a tag team if you want. And I, as much as I'd like that, you could also take them as singles. And I'd love that too. Um, but yeah, uh, the techers got themselves over w- with the fans and everything like that. And this is like a heel group. So... <laughs> Even all through World Tag League, if they were wrestling heels, they were getting cheered. Uh, so everyone loved themselves, some dangerous techers. So, yeah. And this is a far cry from Tai Chi Go Home, isn't it? Like Yes, yes. Completely different motherfucker right now. So, yeah, after that, 
Oh boy. Uh, pretty cool uh, heavyweight tag team match. And we Whoa. got some posing. Come what, on, what? Luke, you're skipping. Uh, you're skipping stuff. Come on, man. Um, I'm going towards the promo <laughs> that happened next. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. All right. All right. My bad. I'm sorry. I wasn't going to go straight to Kenta Kojima. <laughs> like, I'm not. I'm not that bad. Uh, Mox does one of the things that he's been known for, uh, especially in AEW, because he's not there every week. But what he is, what he does usually do is he does like these really cool vi promo video promos, right? So here's another one, but this time for uh, New Japan. So he gives a bit of a promo, and I'm interested and I'm excited, and then Mr. Andy comes down, comes over. Drops his trousers and takes a big shit on my excitement. Sorry, buddy. And that, that's because, and I'll let you talk about this. How's this match going to take place? What's your theory? And uh, as you do that, I'm going to hold back tears and try not to weep. Yeah, I had a moment of clarity here. And first of all, I'm sorry for jumping your bones there. I apologize. I'm just fired up and I just want to make sure, you know, anyway. Um, he missed but... Churchill. He's going to miss Moxley as well. I know it. <laughs> gets too fucking drunk and he can't take notes of shit this guy <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious okay so um all right so we hear from moxley right and and the thing that grabbed my eye immediately is he's standing in the dark city you know the 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 la dojo and i'm thinking to myself well if he's there they just put him there just to do a promo oh no uh-oh and I figured out, this is my theory, is that they've already taped the match between him and Kenta. And that, uh, you know, that's going to air on a future episode of Strong or whatever this new TV show. Maybe that'll be the premiere episode of this new TV show that's supposed to happen that we don't know much about. Um, because that would be a way to get the, uh, the title back in Japan without traveling. Because basically, you know, I mean, they did it with a briefcase, just not very well. You know, I think that they'll do this a little better because it's a title. But I I mean, it makes a lot of sense that that would be a way to do it. I fucking hate that. But it's a clever way to get, you know, in, in these times that we're in, you know, travel's not an option. So they're, they got to figure out a way to do this because they don't want to strip the title off of a guy that's like a top guy at another promotion that they may want to work with in the future. That's a big deal. These and, kinds and they've of, already stripped the title off him once. Right. And these little, well, you know, he wasn't what he is now then, you know, but I know what you're saying. It, you're right. You can't do it twice to him. So, like, it, those po political things like that in wrestling are really important so much. They're too important, if you ask me. But um, it's interesting, and that's kind of what I think. I don't know. What do you think, Luke? You've had time to think about it. What do you think? Look, I understand the position they're in. And they, and as I know, it's the U.S. title, but they need to get that shit back in Japan. They just do. Uh, they need to have matches for it. People, they need to have feuds around it. They need to kind of do things with that title. So I understand the position they're in. Like, does it suck massive donkey balls that I'm probably going to watch a, a United States title match with Mr. Fucking Life Makers on commentary? <laughs> that's the fucking, that's, that's... That's what hurts, man. Like, because you know Kozlov's going to commentate that shit. Oh, or has it finesseful? Our champ is here. He's going to be full of finesse and be hitting the life makers. Right, Kelly? Oh. Kevin Kelly? Yeah. Yeah, right, man. Right, Bueller. Fucking. <laughs> so, yes, am I excited for Mox Kenta? Yes. Do I think they'll bust their ass and try and put on a great match? Yeah, I do. Will it be in a fucking vacuum and suck? Uh, that's quite a possibility. 
despite the talent involved in the match. And what do you do? You, you need that belt. You can't have Kenta do too many more briefcase matches. Like, yeah. it's just insane. Like, he's, he's defended that briefcase more than, like, maybe the last two or three G1 winners. <laughs> yeah, well, like, luckily he's Kenta, and that works for his character as this pissed-off, like, fed-up guy. You know what I mean? But if it was on somebody else, like Juice Robinson or something, it would be, like, really, really bad, you know? So it's good that it's on him, and it works that way, but you can't do it forever. You're right. Yeah, so they need to do something. Not everything in wrestling is, is going to go the way that everyone wants it or needs it. And that's because of like international situations or, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. But, no, everyone was happy to see the Mox promo. And then everyone, uh, including me, was just like, oh, it's just the promo, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you, you didn't... bastards that we are. <laughs> yeah, you didn't know if he was going to walk out all of a sudden. I mean, you know pretty clear that he wouldn't but i mean in wrestling anything can happen right you never know it's fucking wrestle kingdom i mean that's what you're telling yourself so you know i get it it, it was funny too that during his promo he referenced the boogeyman and he said he's coming to get you Kent, which was bizarre it's like it's like they just did 10 promos and that's the one they picked you know so. yep i oh, wouldn't wouldn't surprise me yeah i, I like his promo stuff anyway so uh, oh, always works. that's what got him hired man that's that's what got him hired at wwe was his promos i mean he is always and then they been... script the shit out of him <clears throat> yep. and then uh... it's yeah yeah wrestle king new japan dean ambrose just like i was so ambivalent on him like now yeah moxley's the man i, I, will, I will say this you know i live in cincinnati ohio where he's from you know his, his like the house he grew up in or whatever is like you know eight minutes away from me and, uh, you know, when he I've seen him many times in Cincinnati wrestle. And when he comes out for WWE, it is a big deal uh, in Cincinnati. And so it's you know, that was fun seeing him in a WWE in that respect. But obviously this uh, this new or old Moxley you might say is much better and is a fantastic wrestler and a great character. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I want to see Kenta versus Mox. Uh, I will watch an episode of Strong to get that match like. <laughs> Just turn it's the fine. commentary off. Just turn it down. Yeah. That's fine. You don't need to hear it. Yeah. Poo. Commentary on. Uh, yeah. So next match we've got, uh, we kind of all knew how this was going to go as well. We've got Kenta versus Satoshi Kojima. And I, I just want to say, like, uh, it made me like Kojima a whole lot more. Like, I don't know. Like, it feels weird to me. Like, there's going to be a lot of, old-time Japanese wrestling fans who just like, yeah, it's Kojima. Like, he's been awesome for ages. I got into him in, the, like, the twilight of his career in, like, the last few years, right? And on a lark one night, I was like, what kind of careers this guy had? Because I, I hadn't, hadn't really clicked in my brain, like, just how big a deal he was. And I, I just Googled it. I'm like, oh, old Japan champion and new Japan champion at the same fucking time and all these other G1 winner, you know, all the all these fucking mega accolades, you know. Then of course you got the tag team with um, Tenzan and all that stuff. So I, I until like I don't know. It was it was definitely after we started this, doing this podcast, Mister Andy, that I I looked him up to give him a, to go like. There's something about this guy, isn't there? And I'm like looking at fucking massive for like over well over a decade. Yeah. He's, he's the man 
And I thought he put on a great showing in this match against Kenta. He, he gave Kenta quite the fucking ass kicking, which is what I like to see. He, he, he went in at a pretty damn good pace. I, I liked it. Did I know that Kenta was winning? Fuck yeah, I did. Like it, <laughs> as much as I'd like to see Ke- uh, Satoshi Kojima versus Moxley, the bigger match is Kenta versus Moxley. It just is. In 2021, that's just the bigger match. So uh, eventually we get to go to sleep and Kenta wins. But uh, hey, if Kojima wasn't even going to be on the card. I bet, you, I bet you he was in the Battle Royal and then Juice got injured. And then, uh, all right. I'll fight, I'll fight him. So, yeah. Well, and really it, solid stuff. Like we t- we said before, they had been heating him up, you know, a little bit. Just, well, I don't know, depending on your opinion of winning over <laughs> Young Lions. But, I mean, point is, is getting him like 20 wins in a row set him up to be the guy to replace anybody on the card, pretty much, you know, for the most part. And so this was perfect. Um, I, another, again, nerdy wrestling thing that I just have to just – put some words behind is there's this this concept in wrestling called fire baby face fire right it's it's kind of the the baby face version of heat and the idea is that you know they you know as we talked about before with the formula the the baby face wrestler has to come back he has to let you know that hey i'm i'm powering up here and i'm i'm i have a chance to win this and man kojima exemplified that in this match he was so good at that shit and like you know, Kenta was mean as fuck. I wish Kenta had been a little meaner, but man, he was great. And there was also like early on the cards, you can't really do everything, but it was an excellent match. And, you know, I don't know what a Mox versus Kenta match is going to be like, but um, I really like Mr. Brad versus Kenta. I thought that was really good. Yeah, so same here. Yeah. Uh, it was a match we weren't supposed to get. Uh, I do remember you and I and some people on Twitter being like, fuck yeah, Mr. Bread's at the dome, baby. But uh, 30 years in pro wrestling, he said. Yeah. So he's been, you know, Kevin Kelly was celebrating 30 years in pro wrestling too, and he, he looks a lot younger. So who does? Kojima? Kevin Kelly. <laughs> to me, I don't know. Kojima looks like one of those guys that's looked like that since he was like 20. You know, the guy that, like, yeah. look, like Clint Eastwood, he just looks like he's, you know, weathered at 20, and then he, he's never going to age until he's, like, 79 or something like of that. Of course. So he's, he's the motherfucker that, like, back when you're, you're 20, I guess because your legal age is 21, he's, he's the guy at 20 you give all the money to yes. to go into the grog shop. Uh, grog is Aussie slang for booze, you know, to get to get all your, your beers and shit. So <laughs> I wonder if that ever happened. That would be funny. Definitely, but... definitely. And and I do have I have a comment from Kojima here. As you know, Kojima, if there's something happening in the world, there's ha- something happening. He's tweeting about it, right? And he's super positive always. And uh, this is his comments about the the fight, you know. And uh, it says, "Quote: Hello, the fight at Tokyo Dome is over. Kenta is a wrestler with a wonderful heart. I respect him. I will be more energetic. Thank you." End quote. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I thought he brought the energy just fucking yeah, far. Yeah, he was dome, great. So he was great. He's so adorable. I love him. Uh, by the way, uh, he's in my two most adorable moments of all of Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, one of them isn't even Wrestle Kingdom related. It's uh, <clears throat> it's this commercial. That, like, right. So in between uh, Kenta Kojima and the next match, we have lots of ads. One of them mentions a US and UK show coming soon. So 
okay that fills me with dread yeah because i'm like if it's like new japan strong i'm just like no don't want can't no please no but uh yeah i don't know maybe these shows will get better oh maybe these shows that they, they do will get a lot better when they're actually allowed to have fucking fans in like instantly instant right then just fire kozlov no no don't, don't fire him give him a job somewhere else i don't know like he's a nice uh, he seems like a nice person just no 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 commentary anyway but we get we get that announcement which was just pretty understated it just came up on the screen for a few seconds but I'm going to harp on this, I'll harp on about this a few times because I thought it was the most adorable, awesome, fun idea, and my brain just like exploded with ideas about it. And it's this commercial where Yuji Nagata, uh, Hiroyoshi Tenzan, and Satoshi Kojima are doing some un online gym courses, and. I was just like, all right, when, when COVID's over, they can do them in person and stuff. And I'm like, that is a fucking genius idea. That is either a reality show or a sitcom waiting to happen. And I would watch that without fucking subtitles or dubbing. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I it just like, we'll probably talk about that again. But that ad was just so adorable. And I was just like, that is just perfect. Like, it's just a per it, it, the, the TV show, the reality show, all the movie. Man, New Japan, uh, Mr. Andy and I will, will write that shit for you oh, for yeah. free. Yeah, I got the pitch ready for you, Luke. And you, you tell me when you're ready to hear it, because I got it. All right. All right. But I want to talk about some more wrestling first, because okay. we're going to see this commercial a lot. Okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll riff on it during uh, Dash or something, because I really want to talk about the next match. And the next mat is the Great Okan versus Tanahashi. And if you look at how Tanahashi's dressed as he comes out, he already looks like champion. Does he? Does he not? Hey, I, I didn't catch that. What'd you say? Do Do you think like when Tanahashi came out in his like uh, red, white, and blue outfit that he looked like? Thanks, Shady. She's gonna make me a coffee. She's lovely. Oh, uh, she nice. does that quietly as she came in quietly, so as not to disturb me and disturb the flow of the show. But and then you're then like, I'm "Hey, like, yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah." So <laughs> she does the right thing, and then I just like, oh, I'll just fucking, I'll just mention it. But yeah, uh, Tana's got like this uh, red, white, and blue kind of like jacket thing on it it's got stars on it and stuff oh, yeah, and okay. i see him come out like that and i'm thinking man this motherfucker looks like the united states champion already i mean i think it's obvious luke you're missing this i mean this is this is obvious it's just like me he's a huge fan of lex luger and that's why he's wearing that it's a tribute to lex luger you know the the, the you know the total package uh, i don't think anyone loves lex luger quite as much as you do <laughs> and that that's okay uh everyone's different but Yes, uh, watching this match, look, I realize that the Great Okan is not bad. He's solid. Just solid. And Tanahashi bumps and sells like a million bucks for him. Uh, I think this match, even though it ends the same way as Okan's previous big singles match does, this one, I thought, was a lot better, mostly because Tana didn't wrestle like he didn't give a fuck 
Uh, he sold like a million bucks. He does all these fucking cool Tanahashi come up from behind shit. And look, it's just for me that I don't think Great Khan's offense is that massively interesting to me. Uh, I just don't. And it's a shame. Like, I think he's got a solid character. Mostly when he's in a suit and standing, like, with his arms folded and stuff. And then, and let vampire stuff. I like, I like that suited up, badass kind of look that he has. And I like his demeanor. I like all of that stuff. He's just not 100% clicking for me in the ring. But I will say Tanahashi was amazing. And, hey, it took him two high fly flows, one to the back, one to the front, for Hiroshi Tanahashi to win. And this does not look bad for Great Okan. Just think a couple G1, uh, a couple G1, a couple Wessel Kingdoms ago, we had a very new Jay White wrestle Tanahashi in the Dome. Yep. And that's not even Jay White's best match. You can tell he's a bit nervous there. It's for the IC title. He's wrestling the fucking ace. So I would say just like Jay Okan acquitted himself quite well. He didn't look nervous. He did his job really well. And yeah, it was fine. Uh, I'm not sure he'll always click for me, but he didn't bore me either. So there's that. I have a couple ideas about this. A couple thoughts. I mean, a couple things that happened in the match that were fun just to get these out of the way that are really cool is like early in the match, you know, one of Tanahashi's spots in big matches is he skins the cat. You know, he like goes over the top rope but holds on and then somehow like flips himself over. You know, it's fucking awesome. He tries it in the beginning of the match, you know, and Okan sees it coming and like blasts him off the apron. Um, and uh, later in the match, though, Okan picked him up for a suplex and tries to suplex him out of the fucking ring, and uh, which is one of my favorite things ever. I love that move; it's so great. Um, and, and he and and then Tanahashi grabs the rope and skins the cat, and it was like, oh, that's 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 just great. So there was some stuff like that in the match that was really good. I so the deal with Okan being you know boring. That's kind of the problem that we got here. Is that he's a little boring, and and that's kind of his job though, man. And it's it's really tough to, you know it's tough to rectify in your mind because his offense is boring, you know, but it's like, it's like strongman stuff. Like he does these kind of like unorthodox power moves, which I really like. And I think that that's fun and there's mm. something there, but much like another guy who, you know, was kind of thrown into the fire, uh, just like Okan has been, um, and has done well too, is Watto, you know, and Watto is just more interesting to me. So, you know, I think that, the fact that Okan has this boring move set because he's a mid-card heel, that's what he's supposed to have, it, it makes it difficult sometimes to get into his matches. However, there's a couple of things about this match. One is that I'm thinking, well, if Okan loses, that's another big match that he lost. That fucking sucks, you know? But getting but losing the Tanahashi at the, at the Tokyo Dome, no matter who you are, is not getting buried. That is like, you're getting the rub, man. And Tanahashi, like you said, was busting his ass. But at the very end of the match, we had the like this little morality tale. And usually it goes the other way. So what happened was is that there had been these chair attacks earlier and stuff that, uh, you know, in, in, in the months uh, coming to this, this show and the buildup. And um, Okan grabbed a chair at a certain point and, and the chair was left alone for a moment. Tanahashi had that moment where he looks at the chair and he's like picks it up like he's going to use it, right? 
and usually how that works is the good guy decides, no, I'm a good guy. I can't do that, right? After he, like, plays with the crowd, and then he doesn't do it, and then he loses the match because of it. You know, that's like Roddy Piper at, like, Wrestle or at um, uh, WrestleMania 9 versus Bret Hart. Um, that's, maybe it's 8, whatever, that one. That's the same story. It's fucking awesome, right? But in this case, he decides not to cheat, and then he wins. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? But, again, it's Tanahashi at the Tokyo Dome. So they just kind of turned that on its head. I think Okan did great. I don't know if he did as great as everybody else in his uh, his click, though, because goddamn, there's some good shit coming up. You put that into perspective for me, by the way, because I was just a little down on it and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And you put that into perspective to me. It was like, he's wrestling Tanahashi in the Tokyo Dome. He's fine. And I was like, yeah, that is so fucking true. He's wrestling, like, the ace at the biggest show of the year. Feel, yeah, feel bad for Yoshihashi. Don't feel bad for Great Okan. You yeah, know? they're they're fine. They're fine with his progress. They're happy with him, and I think since his performance at the Tokyo Dome against the Ace wasn't a dud, we'll probably see uh, a few more uh, singles matches and all that kind of stuff with Great Okan in the future. Why not? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. we we got something we're gonna get to later that makes him more interesting than he's ever been. So yeah, you know, we'll we'll get to that later. Oh yes, we will. So, yeah, um, look, the next match I'm probably going to talk about more than I usually would. Good. Uh, it is uh, Kazuchika Okada versus <clears throat> that guy. But uh, I kind of have to talk about this match because he arrived. He showed up. Um, Kazuchika Okada turned up for the Tokyo Dome. And it was absolutely beautiful to see this Kazuchika Okada back. This one. Is there still some money clip bullshit that just fucking pisses me off? Yeah. But he didn't use it too much. And I thought, like, where have you been, you son of a bitch? <laughs> you know, because I'm watching him. He's pulling out. He's pulling out all the stuff I want to see. You know, and that's not just offensively, but, you know, when he's getting beat up as well. He's doing all the the Akata shit that everyone likes. And I don't know if it bores him to do that same old shtick all the time or not, but, dude, that's your bread and butter. That's what everyone wants to fucking see. They don't want... Listen, you mentioned this, Mr. Andy, to me, and I think you posted this on Twitter as well. Uh, Every time that Akata puts on the money clip, crowd goes silent they don't like it and guess what none of us like it i remember when he started using it i was like wow that's a really cool move because he can use that like sonata uses the it's not cold skull here's the cold skull skull end you know he can use it to weaken his opponent up and because it involves risk control he can easily transition that into a fucking rainmaker or something but instead he just used it to slow down matches and and just kind of annoy me this time though yes there's those spots that annoy me and obviously i'm going to talk about one man more than the other because that's just how i'm doing this but he brought it he did oh my god i i loved him in this match i thought he might lose and if a lot of people were marking out when he pulled out the rainmaker uh, except me because I'm just like, you should have been doing that fucking all the time, idiot. It's he, your fucking job. He could be king of pro wrestling right now. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, right? You could be having fucking turnbuckle pad matches with Fale, <laughs> you stupid idiot. Instead of wrestling uh, Laundry Boy at the fucking dome. But, look, uh, we have been quite vocal as to our opinions on uh, the other man in this match. But he is absolutely fantastic to watch in this match too. I can't shit on that. I, I just can't because, you know, just watch the match. It is a fucking phenomenal match. I'm, I was just giddy to see uh, the Kasuchika Okada that I saw when I got into New Japan. I was glad to see him back because I missed him, man. Like, I don't, I, I, I see this guy and I'm just like, well, this match is going to be a banger. And then it's not. And it just, it's heartbreaking. I can't handle that. It, it <laughs> doesn't compute in my brain. But this match is great. I'm glad the finish is what it was. And... Yeah, that's all I'll say. What do you think, Mr. Andy? Well, the finish is that Okada wins, you know? Um, yeah. So, and and this is the semi-main event of the first night of Wrestle Kingdom. So, it's it's a mm-hmm. huge spot. And, um, it, man, it went so quick. I can't believe we were here already, you know? And I can't believe we're already here in the the show. But, um, you know, I was, I was starting to feel the wrestle, you know, wrestling feeling, you know, that we all get, that we all love. And this match really gave it to me in spades. I mean, they went all out. And this was reminiscent of any of Okada's matches with Kenny Omega or other matches he's had with with Shithead. So, I mean, him and Shithead had awesome chemistry. And they are, they're like a father-son or a big brother, little brother kind of dynamic. So, you know, their story is deep and that that plays into the match. And, and we get laid into this match. And we start to see the strikes that are so stiff that you can feel them you know your teeth are rattling every time okada gets punched in the back of the head or something like that and the selling is just fucking top notch but but the thing that stuck out to me the most all right and the thing that i've said about okada before but it bears repeating is that the thing that he does the best of anybody in the world is kicking out at 2.999999 There were several, like, you know, three to four times in this match where he did it and it was like, how did you get better at this? Like, how are you even, like, how is this possible? And so those kinds of things add excitement to the match. And then, you know, him down, 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 and then the dropkick comes out, you know. And and that's, you know, that's when he starts his comeback. And so, you know, he... He tells a story with all the moves. The moves get mixed up and everything, but it's always the same story, and it's awesome. And this was a fantastic match. I hate Dickhead. Uh, you know, his second was poor in this match and, like, didn't want to adjust to stuff that was going on, which made me upset. But I ignored that, and I put all that in my back pocket and just tried to enjoy a wrestling match. Main event of Wrestle King or semi-main event of Wrestle Kingdom. It was spectacular. Spectacular. Yeah. Um, yeah, what more can you say about that? It, it really was spectacular. And speaking of spectacular, uh, <laughs> and here was a match that after watching it, I was just like, well, night two's fucked. Uh-huh. Uh, because, and I don't mean that a bad, like, I mean, I didn't think night two would be bad or anything. I was just like, wow, what could, what could beat this? And that's Tetsuya Naito versus Kota Ibushi for the IWGP Intercontinental and Heavyweight titles. Thanks, Ashy, for, for meowing. I fed her before the show started, but no, she's... Pure evil. That's right. So, 
this match, I want, if you'd never seen a match like this before, you're in for a treat, and I've said this before, and if you have seen a match like this before, uh, you're in for a treat. These two do not let let you down. What is this match like? Fucking 35, 36 minutes or something crazy like that? And it's just these two fucking men just fucking each other up, usually with the neck. Uh, Dangerous-looking suplexes that look quite nasty and and, and gnarly. Uh, Just incredible kind of strikes. Like, Naito's kind of laying in these elbows quite a bit as well. This was just like a... It was just a masterclass. This is a main event at the Tokyo Dome, and it fucking felt like it in every way. Uh, it, it, it did the New Japan thing. I think it started a bit slow, then it built up, and it, and it built up for me, and just these two just trying to one-up each other every time. Uh, I just get caught up in it, uh, and I get caught up in it in a way of like excitement, but also in a, oh, my God, don't hurt him. Don't hurt him. Don't hurt him too much. <laughs> Fuck. Don't kill this, you know, (laughs) don't kill each other. And look, I understand the story of this match. Last year, double gold dash, one man won nothing. He lost both nights at the Tokyo Dome, and that was Kota Ibushi. So I guess the story of 2020 was the rise of God. And uh, he won the G1. Yes, he lost the briefcase, so there's another setback. But Naito was just like, fuck you, I wanted that match. And since... uh, since I, I might be busy on night two, let's do this on night one. Uh, some people, I guess, weren't happy with how that story was, but it made sense to me. Like, I was, I was fine with it. Why wouldn't Naito want to fight face Ibushi at the Tokyo Dome? Why wouldn't you? It's going to be a huge match, and it's going to be an awesome match. Uh, and, and it was. Uh, but Kamigoye, I think it's the second one, because uh, Naito throws in a couple Destinos, Ibushi kicks out. There's, a, there's at least three Kamigoyes, and one of this last one was just this kind of like lunging knee to the fucking head. It looked so gnarly. It was amazing. One, two, three. And your new double champion is God, Kota Ibushi. Uh, he stands tall. He's got the belt. No, he doesn't stand tall. He's, he's got, he doesn't even have the belts yet. Naito takes them off red shoes and. I was just like, all right, this is really cool. And he hands them to Kota Ibushi. He was like, fair cop, mate. You beat me. Like, awesome respect. And, yeah, that was just, like, such a fantastic ending to night one. And just let me so giddy for what we might find for night two. What do you think of this match? It's the main event at Wrestle Kingdom. It's more of the same from these two. I mean, you know, I, I'm not saying... I'm not excited about it. I'm not saying it was awesome, but this is kind of the same shit that you always see from these two. And what I love about this is that these two have been intertwined for quite some time now, a couple years, you know, and it's becoming, you know, kind of a mini version of the new kind of Okada Tanahashi dynamic, you know, now that they're both faces too, you know, uh, Naito screwed himself by giving Ibushi the uh you know the the uh chance to to win and so it was a sacrifice that he made out of respect for abushi because of all the wars they've had so that is fucking cool and that's really good you know that makes uh that makes naito look like a stronger face even when he loses and so you know the storytelling is amazing um the moment in the match where i stood up and went <gasps> which i've uh, now deemed the wrestle kingdom gasp which uh does happen at least once or twice every year and that was when um 
Naito and Ibushi are on the apron and uh, Ibushi Rana's to the floor? Or was it Naito, Rana, Ibushi? One of them, they ran at each other to the floor and, like, got air and just landed, like, fucking fucked on the ground, you know? And it was awesome. Mm -hmm. I thought they were dead. I loved it. It was fantastic. Um, I'm not sure if it's this one or another match, but uh, Ibushi, didn't he, he, like, didn't know he won, you know, kind of thing? And he's kind of, like, confused. That was this one. Okay, yeah, he's, like, confused after the match and doesn't know what's happened. Um, And then he realizes he's won, and that was fantastic as well. Ibushi is a tremendous babyface wrestler, and we, of course, did see him, you know, close fist and get shitty a little bit with Naito, but not too much. It was mostly respect stuff, you know, and, um, you know, I don't know. I, I fucking love this. I think this match is awesome. It is definitely one I'm going to go back to. And this is kind of yeah. like a, another battle in the war between these two that'll go on for another 10 years, probably maybe longer. Uh, fuck yeah. <laughs> Do it. And yeah, I just thought this was, these two put on a masterclass. Like they showed why they're in the main event of the Tokyo Dome. Uh, and I'd, I'd say the only bad thing about this match is that we don't get to see Naito wrestle two nights in a row because that would have been fucking cool too. But that's true. That's yeah. just a, a minor nitpick there. Uh, it's a Bushi's time. It's a Bushi story. That's fine with me. That's all good. Now, uh, before we get into night two, can I can I mention something real quick? Is that all right? Sure. I want to talk about the commentary team because at the end of this night, okay, so we have you know you mentioned at the top of the show we had Rocky Romero. Uh, Chris Charlton and Kevin Kelly. And you've heard me on the show, uh, I think Luke too, say that eh, it's just not something's not right, you know, and that's when they're not at the show or one of them is and one of them isn't or they're mm-hmm. in the basement or whatever. Uh, this was a whole different thing. It was like they had been reborn, you know, and you could hear the excite, the, the the like genuine excitement in their in their um, voices and, you know, the, the inflections and the things that they said. And Chris Charlton didn't get out of control. He was awesome. And, you know, after this night, you hear Kevin Kelly saying, you know, trying to wrap things up. And he is struggling to contain himself. And so is everybody else. And it's because of the magic of pro wrestling. So, you know, I've said this before, but it's just this really hit me hard uh, during this show. And that is that, you know, we all love pro wrestling because it gives us this kind of feeling. You know, it's better than any drug. It's like it's something that's different than anything and nothing else does it. And for me, for years, that's been live wrestling. Like if I watch WWE, that does not do it for me. Or if I watch some show on TV, typically that's not the case. New Japan's the only show, the only wrestling that's on television that makes me feel like I'm there. Makes me gives me that same feeling and sometimes mm. more than that same feeling. So I'm sitting at home. We've been tweeting with all these people. You're in Australia. Uh, the commentary team's in Japan. All the wrestlers are there. Yep. There's people all over the world. We're all experiencing this amazing thing together. And Kevin Kelly just expresses it. And it's just... God damn it. It was fucking awesome. I needed that so bad. Thank you to them. And thanks to everybody. Uh, you know, this was awesome. And this is just night one, you know? The only thing I'm worried about with um, Mr. Kevin Kelly is, can he go home? No. But that's, you know. And there's going to be a silver lining. I know it sucks for him yeah. because mm-hmm. he probably wants to go back uh, to America to see his family and stuff. But the silver lining is, well, if you're stuck here. Sit your ass behind the booth and do a couple extra shows. Um, yeah, so maybe that's 
kind of a positive for Moxley not coming to Japan because he yeah. probably wouldn't have been able to go back to AEW for a while. <laughs> and yeah, that would have been, I guess, bad for kind of everyone really, right? But um, yeah, because sometimes with the commentary, okay, it was never horrible or anything like that, but sometimes it'd be like that. And that's because they're not there. You know, it's the feed might not be always 100% like on time or, or anything, all that kind of stuff. So you definitely feel it, the, them being there increased tenfold. It just does. So right there. So let's do it, Mr. Andy. Let's do night two of Red Kingdom Kapow. in the Tokyo Dome, of course. And we start with Kapow 2021. Uh, and uh, we've got Bushi, Chase Owens, Bad Luck File and the King of Pro Wrestling 2020, Torianu. And my first my first thought was, so Chase gets to wrestle two nights in a row on Wrestle Kingdom. That fucking hurts my soul. Uh, not Ishii, not Suzuki, or anyone else. Chase. Uh, okay. But uh, Chase and Fale do attempt a finger poke at Doom. Which always makes me laugh. I, I I don't mind if they I don't mind if companies and stuff attempt it as long as they never do what the the namesake and actually go through with it because <laughs> uh, even my even young teenage me watching that live happen thought that was the fucking stupidest garbage piece of shit thing that happened ever and uh, you know over twenty years later I still think that was a fucking travesty but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so look, I love this shit. Bushi gets dragged out of the ring by Farley. He gets dragged, he gets uh, tripped, and then just dragged out by Farley and landing on his face. That I thought was that was awesome. fucking hilarious. Yeah. There's a grenade on Bushi, but uh, Chase and Farley argue as to who gets the pin, you know, totally buffooning it up, and the ref gets in their face, and they're about to start fucking the ref up. But no, double fair play by Yano on both men, and then he goes and, and rolls up Bushi. So Bushi gets even more fucking uh, beef against Yano. Yano is the reason that a man who never legitimately lost his six-man never titles uh, lost in that tournament. So Bushi's been not happy with fucking Yano for ages. And then what happens? Yeah, the fucking Bullet Club guys beat the shit out of him, and then Yano comes in and uh, swoops in and gets the pin. So, yep, good fun stuff. I don't think any, I don't, I don't think every anyone was quite sure what to make of this whole King of Pro Wrestling thing, because they thought, oh, and I thought too, it might be this more serious thing. And I know Yano was involved at the start, but because the Carter invented, I didn't know what it would turn or morph into. I think New Japan's realised a. Uh, we've got a bit of a good thing going here with with uh, Young and this King of Pro Wrestling trophy stuff. So uh, let's keep it on him. And I'm like, yep, I'm not ready for that train to train to leave either because <laughs> I think it's fucking fun as hell. 
yeah. What do you think? Of this? I mean, this was this was goofy fun, like you said. I did, you know, I when the the Bullet Club guys were working together at the beginning, and you know, Yano did die for our sins there at the beginning. He was he was getting beat up because they were like, they know they're like, we need to fuck this guy up because he is gonna win if we don't. You know? So, but it's it's great that evil always turns on itself, of course, and uh, you know that that's good stuff. And you know, Yano winning that just I mean, the crowd loved it. That's fucking great. Now, it, it, you know, at some point in the near future Yano's gonna have like so much shit that he carries out to the ring he's gonna need like a little cart or something and that cart will be covered in all kinds of sponsorships and stuff I can't wait to see it yeah totally <laughs> uh, it's it's gonna be so much fun uh and I guess you could see him wrestle one of these three men in the future or he could just you know move on to other wrestlers and stuff who knows but all I do know is I'm interested to see where it goes uh, because, yeah, I like my, uh, in air quotes, five-star matches, but, you know, I also love this stupid fun shit too, which uh, always brings a smile to my face because it's Yano and he always brings this level of creativity to it and he brings that kind of goofy creativity out of all the wrestlers that he wrestles in these matches too. So I, I fucking really enjoy it. You, you, Luke, so, did, you, did you know, Luke, that um, yeah. when, when you have like guys that are strictly comedy guys, they get a little nervous when they have to do something that's a little more serious. And it's the same way the other way around. You know, like the guys that are more serious wrestlers, they don't want to do comedy. They, you know, like a lot of times those guys are like, well, I'm not funny. So I don't know how this is going to work. And they're like a nervous wreck about doing that kind of stuff. So, you know, Yano obviously is, uh, you know, just like a, a great performer, uh, like any of these awesome wrestlers can can carry a guy to a great match. Yano could do the same thing, but in the comedic realm. So it's pretty great. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. He's very valuable. Cool. This way, like, he's a guy that can have really super interesting, entertaining matches with like a submission specialist. Yes. You know, as Saber Junior. So yeah, all stuff. Uh, really fun way to start the show, and then uh, the next match we have the way to the Ass Masters. That's uh, Ryusuke Taguchi and Master Wato. I think uh, Hiroshi Tenzan is coming out too with his Wato shirt. Is that the one? <laughs> yes. It's it's blue, just says Wato on it. Uh, it's better than the other one, which just looked like a Nike symbol, but it's a jump kick. Yeah. Anyway, versus Suzuki Goon, which is uh, El Desperado and Yoshinobu Katamaro. I did love seeing El Desperado throw Wato into Tenzan. And uh, I thought Wato seemed nervous in a couple places, but, uh, you know, at one point he even did that kind of side pinning slam move that he does, and he wasn't even the legal man. So other than that, I thought Wato was fine. It's his first time in the Dome, man. It's a pretty decent. So, like, there was a part of me that wanted Wato to have his first title run. And that would free up El Desperado because I want to see this motherfucker go uh, junior singles because look at his 2020. It was just awesome. But, uh, yeah, Suzuki Goon, like, these two guys are just way too good together. Uh, Pinche Loco on uh, Wato. Uh, Taguchi. And, on Taguchi, sorry, yeah. yeah. So Wato doesn't even take the pin there. Right. Uh, Taguchi does, which is pretty fucking cool right there. So, yeah, Suzuki Goon are just too good together. Pinche Loco by El Desperado. And uh, Suzuki Goon retain. Uh, I don't think this was quite good as, say, the some of the matches that these men had with maybe um, the LIJ or some of the other matches, the, the tag matches. But I thought it was really fun, solid stuff as well. 
Uh, and yeah, uh, I'm interested to know. Oh no, I, I guess I am interested to know who they're going to wrestle next. I have a feeling I know who it is, but we'll get onto that with uh, when we talk about New Year's Dash. What do you think of this match? It was fun. You know, I think the my takeaway from this match is that, um, you know, the bad guys at the beginning of the match just did a fantastic job shining up Watto. I mean, he was, you know, he was on fire as soon as the match started doing all kinds of shit. And, yeah, he did get a little ahead of himself at a couple points. But I think that's kind of his deal, you know, right? I mean, that's like, that's like his flaw or whatever. And I think that if that's they kind of worked it into the story of the match just kind of very briefly, just like, oh, shit, this happened, so let's kind of do something to make it seem like that's what, you know, we're trying to do or whatever. But um, I, I like that. I think that's pretty funny um, and a pretty good little character trait is that he's, you know, he's wide-eyed and bushy-tailed, you know, so, um, yep. and that's kind of part of his deal. So I, I really like him. You know, I, I've said it many times. I think that he's great uh, or going to be great in the future. Um, we had future bald ref in this match and man, he had his head up his ass a couple times. Um, but I did realize that some of these refs, you know, they're just a pawn in life's game, you know, just like Mongo. So it's, you know, it's one, <laughs> it's one of those things where I just like, I kind of feel bad for him, but, um, I, you know, I don't have a ton to say about it. Suzuki Goon is like the perennial, um, you know, these two guys are the perennial, uh, junior tag champs. I was hoping that like maybe we could get Dookie in there, you know, and, and get Kanemaru out. I'm not as big of a fan of his as I am uh, Dookie right now. However, you know, um, maybe the other way around, maybe get Desperado out and put uh, Dookie in there because Desperado had that huge match. And I, you know, I was thinking about this, uh, you know, messaging with a buddy about Desperado. He messaged me and said, hey, I thought Desperado unmasked. And I was like, uh, that's a long story, sort of, you know, and I kind of explained what happened and, and, you know, came to the conclusion that this is a mid-card heel, you know, that is a junior on, you know, on Suzuki-Goon and that he is getting this kind of, like, a character development that they did. It, it's, he's going to be fine, you know, just like, just like fucking Okan or whatever. I think that, you know, they have all these guys they can heat up whenever they want. You know, Kojima is a great example, and and uh, Desperado stepped into that spot uh, in the best of Super Juniors, and these guys are going to have great futures. And when, you know, because I'm I'm kind of speaking to my own worries of, you know, like, oh, that sucks for Desperado. I know he got the pin, but, man, it sucks that he had this great singles match, and then now he's back in the tag team thing. Mm. And But at the same time, when he does get that next singles rung, it's going to be just that much better because we had to wait for it. So those are my thoughts kind of on these guys here. The match is fine. I don't know. I mean, this wasn't some kind of, like, classic or anything like that. It was fine, you know. Yeah, so I, I was thinking, I, I, I agree with you. Like, what I want to have happen is, all right, lose those tag titles, move up uh, El Desperado to be Suzuki-Goon's perennial, like, junior, like, singles guy, and then mash up uh, Doki and uh, and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. I think uh, those two would work together really well, too, and it makes things a little fresh, I guess, as well. Um, Yeah, yeah. I think I think all of us are impatient next level because of that match and just how fucking amazing his 2020 was. That uh, yeah, the tag titles is kind of keeping him down a bit, which uh, yeah, it is what it is. But 
you know, it's it's only January. There's plenty of time this year for El Desperado to be like, yeah. right, let's well, he, get back he, on track. He wasn't in the fucking Rumble, was he? So... No, he wasn't. That's fine. So, uh, and as long that's as right. as long as Ishimori or uh, not Ishimori, I'm sorry, but uh, yeah, he could be the top guy in Suzuki Goon for the juniors. That would be great. Fuck to the hell yeah! All right, so <laughs> I'm stalling a little bit because oh man, I can't wait. Because I'm so fucking excited. This is like, all right, on, on, on paper, this looks like a great match, and it's also a great match on screen. <laughs> this is for the namesake of our podcast. This is like, I, I, I would say, if this match wasn't amazing, we still would have enjoyed Wrestle Kingdom. But a part of me would have been like, oh man, I wish that never opened open match was great. Well. It's not only great, it's it's one of the best matches on all three days. I adored everything about it. We might be we might be down on laundry boys, but this has given Cobb something, and this is only the start. And I really want to see Cobb do well, especially when even if he, he even when he loses, if he's going to pull out like fucking bangers like this. Holy fucking shit, like, I, I don't even know how to name, if I can name everything, man, but we've got, this is like a dream for me, like, belly-to-belly be, belly suplexes, wheelbarrow suplexes, side suplexes off the ropes, so many fucking lariats. I was in heaven the whole time, like, they're just tossing each other like rag dolls. It's a little bit more Cobb tossing Shingo, but Shingo got himself some suplexes in. Most of those suplexes I just named were just done by Cobb. The wheelbarrows, though, were done by Shingo. There's fucking beautiful Germans. There's, oh, it has everything I just gush about all the time uh, when it comes to these kinds of matches. It's it's a decent length as well for a never-open title match. Did you notice that? Yes. It, I don't know how long it was, but it was like, yeah, this is I okay. I like this. I just clicked on results. I'm going, when was it? January uh, 5th? Yep. Yes, yeah. So I, this is great audio. <laughs> well, you get that you get that feeling in a match where you start to feel the time. And I'm, I'm actually going to hit on this at the end of the show a little bit uh, when we get done cover. Well, at the end of Wrestle Kingdom to tell you a little bit about how that works for me. Because I, I, I think that's very interesting how you feel time when you're watching wrestling and when you don't feel time, you know? Yeah. 21 minutes. So, uh, it's a, it's around normal kind of never open championship, excuse me, match length. Uh, you know, the 15 to 22 minute mark. It didn't, but I, I could have watched this for easily like another 10, 15 minutes if they really wanted to go that, but the commentators are really putting, uh, really selling the fact that it's really hard to keep this title because of just how fucking grueling uh, each match is because they're short, they're intense, and it's just like, you know, they're two big, beefy man studs beating the shit out of each other, right? I, I loved it. There's a couple... There, there is, uh, like... Cobb hit finally hits a tour of the islands and he and I'm like oh fuck oh no it's over I wanted that Shingo story so bad but he can't make the pin I'm like yes <laughs> yes 
there's a made in Japan and I'm fucking marking out for that. And I'm like, all right, he's done the made in Japan. We're getting that little step closer, please, please. Yes. Last of the dragon. One, two, three. Yeah. Uh, out of like, I had it in my brain that Cobb was winning because Great Khan and, uh, Arseface lost. And I didn't expect them to lose in a like a clean sweep like that. But they're just a new group. They're still growing and all that. And it, they're heels at Wrestle Kingdom as well. So this is all about comeuppance time. It's Wrestle fucking Kingdom, right? So I, I, I loved, I loved, 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 loved this match. It was fucking gloriously violent. And at that point... Like, I was just like, I don't think anything is going to top Naito versus Ibushi. And I thought this one did. Uh, and this match, even though it's like in my wheelhouse, it's for my favorite title in New Japan, still not my favorite match on the fucking card. <laughs> We're going to get to that. Uh, but man, I, I just fucking... Uh, I'm gushing so bad. Like, what did, what did you think, Mr. Andy? I, this felt amazing to watch you know uh i gosh my brain is like tell five thousand things you know i i just have so many words for this i'll try to keep it short but um a couple things one is that um you know part of the magic of pro wrestling is the kind of idea of violence without consequences at least violence without consequences for us you know as the watchers and and that's kind of a deal that you've made with the wrestlers you know and it's this was and that's why uh you know that's kind of one of the explanations behind why i like the never style so much is because it's so fucking violent you know and um i i've been a fan of shingo since he came to new japan i didn't know much about him before he came there and i know he had he had like a legendary career in uh dragon gate but i mean i'm being honest with everybody i don't really watch anything but new japan i'm just kind of i there's a couple indie things i check out but I am so disillusioned with, uh, you know, this year and how pro wrestling, what happened with pro wrestling this year that I was just like, well, fuck everything, you know, except new Japan. Cause it's the only thing that kind of makes me feel this way. So, um, it just, you know, it really, it really worked and it was so never, I mean, obviously this is never's fuck. First of all, I mean, that's, that's yeah. clear, you know, Steel of approval. Is just I mean, there. Like, yeah. We put two of them on the there. So. Sound, it's, it's fucking, it's the bomb. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, the thing that stuck out me to me the most, like I said, I'm not familiar with Shingo's past career. His career in new Japan has been of like a bruising, you know, big guy kind of, I mean, when he was a junior, he's the biggest junior and he's just crushing people. He's, just, he's like a power guy, you know? Um, and in this match, he was Shingo Michaels. He was, he just turned into Shawn Michaels and was a fucking bumping machine. He did, he did a fucking con, tope con hero to the outside, which I've never seen him do. You know, I've never seen, he's usually very ground based and he was flipping yeah, and flying all he, over the place in this match. You know, he jumped over, he jumped through the rope, over the ropes onto Cobb. I'm like, what? <laughs> I've never seen Shingo do that. That was just like right. when I'm watching the Moxley versus Ishii match and Ishii jumps off the top rope onto 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 Moxley. I'm like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> so, you know, that those kinds of surprises and and those kinds of things that it, it just really showed you how much this means to Shingo and how much New Japan believes in Cobb because they, you know, they somebody told Shingo like, "Hey dude, 
this is this is the time to make this guy. And they fucking did. I mean, Cobb did his job. Don't get me wrong. But Shingo is obviously the better wrestler. It's just he, I mean, that's that's almost every time there's a Shingo match. He's obviously the better wrestler in almost every case, except it's like Suzuki or something like that. And then they're on the same level. So, you know, as yeah. the, as the veteran, Shingo's not carrying him to a match, but he's doing all the work in this thing. I mean, he is bumping around like a fucking maniac. And that's what made Shawn Michaels amazing is that he took, you know, stuff that's just like kind of little like, I don't know, just a simple move and made it this like fucking dramatic thing, you know. And so, man, Shingo busted his ass so hard to put Cobb over in a loss. And that's how you do this. This is like pro wrestling personified is this match it is awesome and of all the matches on the show both shows all three nights whatever um this is the one i'm going to come back to and watch you know this is the one that when i think yeah. of wrestle kingdom uh, 15 i'll think of that match for sure it's yeah. it's just badass so after this match finishes i'm like oh man i want to see what shingo does next and on the flip side after this match i'm like oh man i want to see what jeff cobb does next i know right uh and and he lost awesome right that yeah uh they they both uh, and what wait, if wait. that'll be someone is was in if someone used to ask me all right Luke, what's one of your favorite uh, never open title matches uh what's a what's a nice uh, go-to to exemplify like why you like this title so much um one of the top of my list is probably going to be Shingo versus Jeff Cobb at Wrestle Kingdom 15. Yeah, and one more thing. I'm sorry I forgot to mention this. This is really cool. There was this neat little thing in the match that I, I you know, I noticed when it happened. And then when I started thinking about it, I was like, oh, okay. So right in the middle of the match, like, like uh, Shingo just chop blocks uh, Cobb, right? And this is after he's been getting thrown around all over the place. And so Shingo, that was his backup plan, right? So because he spends half the match just trying to avoid the tour of the islands or whatever. So, you know, he's avoiding it, he's avoiding it, and then and then Cobb gets him up for it, but he can't do it because he chop-locked him and his knee hurts. And it's like, yeah, that's fucking, oh, it's good. I love it. Sorry, I'll stop. No, yeah, yeah. So, New Japan does something very sensible after this match. They cut the disinfectant break. <laughs> fucking genius. Now, we see the same kind of ads. Yep, Jim Dad's uh, American show, some strange Japanese ad for New Japan Strong, which um, zooms in on Justin Clearwater's dick for some reason, <laughs> with with the commentators making a comment. I don't know what they said, but I'm just thinking to myself, am I watching the wrong commentary for that show? Like, I don't watch the show anymore, but I'm like... Uh, are the commentators, Japanese commentators, has taken the piss. It's it's like, New, Japan, New Japan, New Japan customs. <laughs> and what? Yeah, it was just fucking crazy, right? Anyway, uh, by the time the break's over, I, Mister Andy, was so amped, excited, and I needed something to help me chill out after that. So I took care of that, and I'm sitting in my chair, feet up. And here's the next match. Evil versus Sonata Metal. So at this point, my my cat, Ashy, has been nowhere to be seen. Both nights. I jokingly said on the tweet, on the Tweety ages ago that I think my favorite, uh, cat's favorite wrestler is Evil. Evil's music hits. Ashy comes into the room and sits on the couch. And with her 
cute kitty face looking more towards the TV than anything. And she didn't stay for the whole match. I'm like, you know, she's a cat, whatever. But I just thought that was absolutely fucking perfect. And maybe it's because I uh, took measures to get nice and chilled out. But I sat back with my feet up. And I let Evil versus Sonata just wash over me. And I fucking loved it. Is it as good as the previous match? No. But for some reason, I just got really into these two guys just beating the shit out of each other. I really fucking enjoyed it. And I'm watching this match, and I'm thinking... I'm thinking two things. One, I want to see this again. But I want to see it in either a cage... Or I want to see him fighting over some gold, please. I, I, like, I don't care what gold. I just want to see these two wrestle each other for some damn gold. Or a cage match. I don't. I, I know New Japan doesn't really do that kind of thing. At my fact, since I've started watching New Japan in 2017, I've seen zero cage matches. You know. And, but I think they, these two have that a natural feud that could end with something like that or end or just have another chapter with something like that happening. Uh, it starts a bit slow. Yes, it's cheating galore because it's evil. Evil is evil. This is Sonata's story. This is about warming him up uh, a little more because, uh, you know, he had a big 2020, even though he was the only LIJ member to hold zero gold. He still made it to the finals of the G1. He had a pretty, he had, he had some spectacular matches, all that kind of stuff. But uh, I just, I just thought it was kind of magic for me. I don't know why. I can't quite put my finger on it. Maybe you can help me put my finger oh, on I it. Oh, I can tell you exactly why. Yeah. Yeah. You're uh, invested. It, That's why. It and. Sorry? I said, you're invested. That's why. Yeah. Well, I was wearing the evil shirt. Right. I was totally going for evil, but I understand it's Wrestle Kingdom. It's come up in time. And uh, eventually, uh, a mood assault and Sonata picks up the win. Uh, Now, I don't know how I'd feel about this match if there wasn't a break in between. Uh, But there was, which is fucking genius. So I was able to chill out and cool down after the just master class of Shingo versus Cobb. And I just let this kind of completely different, but just as long kind of match just wash over me. And I just had a ball. What do you think? Well, I, I certainly liked it. You know, I think that it certainly suffered from the spot that it was in. You know, this is kind of like the New Japan Divas spot here or whatever you want to call it. But I thought that they rose to the occasion. Here's my only issue, okay? They they played into a, a trope in pro wrestling that we've seen many times, and it's just kind of like, eh, where these guys are bitter rivals, and then they have a wrestling match instead of a fight. You know what I mean? And so that that is, I do have kind of a little, like, eh, eh. But, but it did get violent at some times. It's just, you know, in comparison to the violence we just saw, it just didn't, you know, wasn't the same. So if I detach it from the other matches and stuff, yeah, it's very good. These guys are like wrestling brothers, you know, just like, um, you know, Tanahashi and uh, and Okada and, you know, uh, uh, Ibushi and Naito. They're, they're like, 
intricately tied together and will be forever. Yeah. And so that yeah. that's so the story is going to go on forever. And that's something you got to remember is this is just another chapter in the story, you know, mm-hmm. that's going to go on forever. I thought Dick Togo made this match. He had like two spots. One of them was, you know, trying to cheat and uh, and succeed. There was that goofy spot where he kind of jumped into the table. And I'm just like, eh, oh, it was I, don't, hilarious. I, don't, I don't care. He like elbow dropped the table. It was hilarious. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, so he got put through a table and that was like, you know, it's like finally somebody fucked up Dick Togo again. And, and I know he's gotten fucked up in the past, but not put through a table at Wrestle Kingdom. And that was his big spot. And it was great. It was great. His like comical falls and like, and stuff like that really helped the match kind of, uh, help me digest it, I guess. And so I, I loved it. I was invested to some extent, you know, I'm a little down on Sonata. I just, I don't know. I just want to see him like. Make a facial expression, dude. You know, and and then something that happened didn't happen this match that I was very upset about is Evil has been throwing people into that goddamn timekeeper, whoever he is, every match at least once or twice every match, and Sonata didn't throw Evil into the fucking dude. And I was like, oh come on, you know, you've been setting this up all year, but they'll probably do it like in three years at Wrestle Kingdom, like eighteen or whatever. Yeah, so. I did love that though, where like they've just gotten the timekeeper back up onto his chair and at his table and stuff. And he was just like, fuck this guy. And <laughs> does that spot again. <laughs> the Japanese fans love that. We we love it too, obviously, but they they mark out huge for that shit. I remember what, there was uh, some match I was watching that was one of our uh, recommends or something. I think uh, Milano got knocked out or something, and he was like selling it big time in the crowd. Every time the camera was on in the crowd, crowd was like losing their shit laughing, you know. So they know what they're doing, and, and they know this is funny. So it was entertaining. Um, should it have been a little more serious? Maybe, you know, but I, I thought it was a great match. Good. Yeah, match. sorry. Um, and you're right. I, I am invested. Uh, I've been a fan of Evil since I started watching New Japan. In fact, Evil is the very first man I ever saw pin Kazuchika Okada. Yeah, G1, right? And that was in that G1. So, you know... Uh, Mr. Unpinnable, like, oh wow, he can he can get defe- he can be defeated. Like that's what that showed me that match. So I've always kind of liked Evil, but I guess he's twenty twenty kind of heel run turn where you know because it's in his namesake, Evil turns evil. I guess <laughs> uh, I, I've been on board ever ever since. Like uh, as soon as that Darkness Club shirt came out, I was like, yeah, I'm on the Evil train. Let's do it. And I know a lot of people are not into it. I know that. I see it on Twitter every show but i am so yeah i don't know what to tell those people like if it's for me i dig it if it's not for you well there's heaps of stuff in new japan that probably is for you so like everyone but i i I just thought it was fucking awesome and speaking go ahead i'm sorry i i just i think evil kind of like personifies western style of wrestling for some for people somehow because he cheats and he does it in like goofy ways or whatever. So they, they like see that in their mind as like the Western style encroaching on New Japan. And I think I've even said that on the show before um, when we first started talking about cheating and stuff like that. Um, so I think that's why he gets a lot of hate. And, and that's it's kind of bullshit, you know. Yeah, because this is a man who he still does his real stuff. But he's had to mix it up a lot to incorporate this kind of new cheating kind of persona. And, and for me, I think it's worked and he's doing it really well. And I got we got to move on because I'm super amped and excited to talk about this fucking match too. It's uh, Hiromu Takahashi versus Taiji Ishii. 
junior heavyweight title. I thought this match was a fucking clinic. Uh, let me just check the length. This is, this is a, another kind of brutal long match. 25 minutes. So it's not as long as you might think. But it's the juniors. The juniors don't usually go super mega long because, you know, they're doing lots of junior stuff and that, that shit's tiring, right? But uh, my favorite part were of this whole match was just these brutal fucking strikes that Ishimori was laying into Hiromi. It was just like fucking crutch, crack, crutch. That's a weird sound effect. Like <laughs> crash, crash. Like it's just fucking insane. Uh, I didn't think like, like the, it, it, he was getting such a beat down on Hiromi that I was like, oh, you're making me believe here that uh, it's not Hiromi's time here. It, it's, it's fucking all right. You're making me believe that uh, you, you're coming away with this title, Mr. Ishimori. But uh, Hiromi, of course, eventually makes the comeback, and and it's, it's awesome, spectacular shit. And it's the Hiromi story, man. You could, he's the top, he's the top dude. Like he's the top junior, and not only that, in my opinion. He's also one of the top faces of the company, no matter what division. So, you know, bit of comeuppance for Bullet Club because you just got to remember they had a previous match at Jingu Stadium where Ishimori just destroyed him. So this is Hiromu finally getting some modicum of revenge against the fucking Bullet Club. He, he wins best of Super Juniors. He beats the winner of the Super J Cup. And then he defeats, of course, Taiji Ishimori. I I thought this was fantastic, and I really love when Ishimori, you think he's going to do like this kind of Hurricane Rana kind of move, nah, and he kind of just transitions it into either a bone lock or a yes lock, there is a difference, uh, apparently, and I and tonight was like, oh yeah, there is a difference, so the yes lock, we all know what the yes lock is, yeah, don't need to kind of explain that, but when he transitions into the bone lock, uh, he has um, one of Hiromu's arms straight and back rather than um, tying the arm up between his legs for the, the S-lock. So it's a little different, kind of a modified S-lock. Uh, yeah, uh, I, 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 I'm i kind of gushing again, Mr. Andy. What do you think of this match? Well, before I talk about Hiromu, uh, let, let me talk about Ishimori. So Ishimori is another guy a lot like Shingo that had a very long career before he came to New Japan. I mean, he's a Noah guy and, you know, Dragon Gate and all those things. Maybe I'm screwing that up, but other promotions in in Japan. And he was always one of the, one of the flippiest dudes you've ever seen. Like one of his, his like old finish was this thing where he like did like a flip and elbowed a guy in the middle of the ring. It looks insane. It looks like he's doing 20 flips. It's, it's so crazy. And so... You know, that's kind of what I was expecting from him more when I saw him show up at New Japan. But he has been a different character altogether, more the submission guy and kind of, you know, he's he's older. He's not as young as you think he is. He's I don't know what his age is. I'm not sure. Um, but he's older than you think. And so, you know, obviously he looks amazing. He could still go like you wouldn't believe. So but because he is this kind of like, you know, soldier character um, who kind of shows no emotion and is just like a killer robot, basically, that does amazing moves. He's 37. See, there you go. See, I would expect him to be much younger than that. I I figured he was in his high 30s. So uh, I'm older than Ishimori. So anyway, um, but, you know, he he was, you know, obviously this is a uh, Wrestle Kingdom about slaying dragons. We're having all these blow offs. Baby faces are winning right and left. And so, 
you know, we knew the writing was on the wall and everything. But like you said, they did a great job um, making me think that maybe it wasn't going to happen. However, mm-hmm. Hiromu, um, you know, I've said it before. Hiromu is a special wrestler. He's a special guy. He is... He's someone that, like, if you were building a promotion and you're doing that, that dumb Mark shit that they do on Reddit or whatever, hey, wait, let's fantasy book our own promotion or whatever, you you would pick him maybe, like, second, you know? Like, you get, like, a heavyweight and then him. Like, he is the guy, you know? Kids love him. Everybody loves him. So, you know, he is taking the spot of someone, too. There's a guy that, um, you know, if you're familiar with uh, WWE, you've seen him and you've been like, what's the big deal with this guy probably? And that's Kushida. Kushida was the top babyface um, junior in New Japan for years and did everything there was to do. And that's why he left, because there was nothing left for him to do and they weren't going to move him to heavyweight. So, And here comes Hiromu. And even with a neck injury that put him out for a year, he has come back and been able to be the most sympathetic baby face in the company. And not only that, he's filled Kushida's shoes in a way that I find much more entertaining than Kushida has ever been. I love Hiromu. This match had a crazy amount of, okay, so you got like flippy moves we can do, or we got these power moves we can do. And then what, you know, cue the uh, taco girl, right? It's uh, why can't it be both? And do, 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 do. they're doing Sorry, I've done sound effect. no, they are doing fucking um power moves during flippy moves. What? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it is there's some really innovative shit going on in here, and it's very fast paced and awesome. There was another funny moment at the beginning where Hiromu tried to do the Chono run down the the ramp thing, you know, because Chono was there during this match too, which this time didn't give away anything. Thank goodness from last time he showed up, but <laughs> he he so he runs down the the uh, the the deal, um, you know, the the big long entrance ramp, which is a, a hallmark of the Tokyo Dome shows. Years ago, Chono did that, and he, like, did this lariat. And um, and so, you know, of course, Harumu does the shotgun dropkick. And Ishimori's trying to catch him and, like, powerbomb him, basically, but it just doesn't go right. And you see Ishimori for a second be like, fuck. And, like, walk away for a second and then, like, recenter. And I was like, man, I love it when guys care. I fucking love that. And so that that just made me that was at the very beginning of the match and I was in love with it after that. So it's good stuff, yeah. man. Yep. Oh man, because we alright, so yeah, Hiromi wins, new junior champion, and here we go. Dude, it's uh, all this other stuff that we've talked about is like secondary to what we're about to talk about. Just period. It just is. I don't it, We'll get into it. I don't, I don't know, Luke. This one's going to be... I got a lot to say about this, and I'm sure you do too. This is the longest... Apparently, this is the longest uh, IWGP title match in Tokyo Dome history. It's uh, 48 minutes and 5 seconds. It's your brand new double champ, Kota Ibushi, versus, of course, the uh, briefcase holder. And rights challenger, uh, Switchblade Jay White. Now, <clears throat> I was able to get behind uh, this match and enjoy this match fully to the fullest potential. And that's because, all right, remember when they had that briefcase match? I kept saying, all right, breathe. I've resigned myself. They never swapped the briefcase. It's fine. Look, just. Just go with it and enjoy the match. And then Jay won. Of course, he cheated, but, you know, he won. And I'm like, oh, 
okay, that's fucking sweet. And then, you know, of, of course, he's, I'm not, I'm night too. You know, you guys are all going to be fucked up. I'm going to be fresh. And when Abushi won, it was then that I, I just knew, just breathe. It's not Jay's story. It's Abushi's story. Jay's getting his comeuppance. Just relax, chill, and enjoy the match. Because I think everyone knows I'm, I'm a Jay White dude. Uh, I've been Mr. Complainy Ranty Pants when he lost to Cobb and when he lost to fucking Ishii. Well, we'll get into that. And all this kind of stuff, right? I, I, I know he's a heel. I know he's supposed to, And I know heels lose a little more than they win, and that's fine. And there's got to be a time and a place where your heels get their comeuppance. I understand. I totally... Like, I came into this match with that mindset. Because if I came into the match with the mindset of, oh my God, Jay's going to be the double champion. I'm just like, no, you're setting yourself up there. And I just want to point out that Ibushi and Hiromu kind of had the same video game story. And I loved it both times. Uh, Ibushi has to beat Naito and Jay White. And Hiromu has to beat ELP and Ishimori. I know it's kind of the same similar thing, but they got me. I loved it both times. I didn't even realize it was the same story until now when I, when I, like my first note for this match is, wow, this is kind of the same video game story. And I, yeah, I kind of love it. Uh, for me, talking about the match proper, Mr. Andy, this is like wrestling art. Uh, I fucking adored this match. Uh, I would say, it's, uh, look, Abushi. Uh, all right, I'm going to get into how amazing he is. He's amazing. He's the double champ, right? I'm not taking anything away from that man whatsoever. He's great in this match. Sympathetic, badass, super cool. I love him. Jay White went 48 minutes. Uh, it's the longest title match at the fucking Dome. He crushed it. The both men crushed it. But like, look at the trust they have in in this in this this young man who's 28 years old. This young man who's 28 years old went 48 minutes in the Tokyo Dome. And does it? Then the match starts slow. Like, of course it does. Jay rolls out. He's baiting Ibushi. You know, he takes his time. He's he's got a little bit of Naito in him, which is kind of what like the reason I like seeing white Naito matches. Cause they'll both fucking play games with each other at the start. <laughs> and it's fucking incredible. Right. So no matter who won last night, I would have won tonight just to see, uh, Jay white mix it up with either one of these two men it starts off slow and it just keeps building up and building up and building up. And, uh, and Jay showcases to me, like he's t- fucking just, He's 28. Just you were trying to. I, I was was confused as to why you were mentioning wrestlers' ages last night on the Tweety. This is during News Dash, and but then you answered me, and and it's just like look, I'm just putting it into perspective. These wrestlers are in their early 30s and all that kind of stuff, and it feels like they're at the kind of start of their New Japan career. And I think you mentioned one of them was uh, a show who's 31 or something like that. And then you've got this kind of young kid from New Zealand who for me just feels like this kind of wrestling kind of prodigy uh he's he's got all I know it's a shit thing to say uh, but he has he has not only does he have all the tools 
He's got tools you didn't think of that you needed in your fucking toolbox. Like, he's got it. He's He's got this really interesting, fun rapport with red shoes. Uh, he's just... Ah, uh, the suplexes. The, the fucking... And because uh, it's Kodo Bushi, the way he bumps for those suplexes, he made Jay look fucking dope as well. Like, this is a two-man match, man. Like, I can't just heap praise all on the young 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 boy. You know what I mean? The 28-year-old and not say Kodo Bushi wasn't a million bucks piece of fucking dynamite because he was and he is. It, it, just, <clears throat> it just gobsmacked me just... Like, cause I, we, we both knew that he was good, right? Like we, we've always been saying it like this guy does heel shit that someone who's not even over 30, some people just never figure out some of this heel shit that he's able to do, right? Yeah. Just the little things. And he can do the big things too. Like the big matches. I think this is the biggest match of his career. I know he's already had the titles, but your main event, Venning the Dome, two years ago, he was doing, he was getting beat by Tanahashi for the IC title, and he was nervous as fuck. Two years later, he's main eventing, he's cr- and these two men just put on a fucking amazing show. It's the clip. They made me believe that Switchblade had a chance of winning. Yes, I know they kind of got me, because, yes, I'm a Switchblade guy, and I want him to win. And often talk, I'm like, I, we both knew we were going to talk about this match, right? So, yes. <laughs> I'm watching it, and I'm like, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for the the, the Kamigoye because I, I know it's coming and it and it does eventually, but for me it felt so earned. Not only because he had that rough match the night before. I mean, like it wasn't rough as in like it was horrible to watch, but you know he got beat the fuck up, and I just the the finish of course it doesn't go my way you know you know you all know who I want to have win but it was perfect everything about this match just worked for me it, the right man won of course as you told me on on the on the Facebooks is like come on dude you know it's a bushy story right I'm like yeah I know but it's a fucking good story and not only that uh, Mr Koto Bushi is my wife's favorite wrestler so. <laughs> There is some happiness in this household. So how can I be so fucking... I can't be that down or disappointed. Uh, I just thought this was just a masterclass. And just to think, like, here's a guy at the top of his game, Kota Ibushi, finally achieving greatness because he is great and he deserves to have achieved that. And then here's this guy not even fucking 30 yet. And, man, I just... I can't believe it. it I just, whew, uh, the rest of the year has just been put on notice. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Okay. T- I, talk yeah. to me. I, I hope this doesn't sound too prepared. Cause I, I have some things written down that I absolutely have to just kind of read outright, or I'm going to start wandering around all over the place because I have so much to say about this. Let's do it. Um, some of this stuff has been tweeted out already, but it's just stuff that it's just kind of core stuff that I believe. Um, I love the American author, Kurt Vonnegut. He's amazing. And, and I remember years ago when I was a kid, I was reading his books and I, I heard this uh, seminar he put on about writing. And he said that every sentence must do one of two things, reveal character or advance action, all right? And that is 
you know, if you watch any movie nowadays, there's all this bullshit that goes on that doesn't do anything for the story, right? And and this is why one of many reasons why I love Jay White is that everything he does is that sentence in the story. Everything. If if it's like okay, so there's a moment in this match, he's holding the briefcase in the ring, and here comes Abushi. Abushi's had his entrance. He's not spoiling anything. As Abushi approaches the ring to stare down, uh, you know, Jay. Jay holds the briefcase up, and all he says is, he says, "Don't forget how I got this," and that says so much and it's just i mean that kind of stuff is just fantastic yeah. like you, like you says interactions with everyone who isn't a wrestler and all that kind of stuff is just awesome he exemplifies the the purest form of pro wrestling and in in japan pure wrestling is called puro and or, or excuse me pro wrestling is called puro and so i always take that to mean you know it's pure and, and he is a pure pro wrestler, and he is doing things, like you said, that takes people decades to figure out, and he's done it already, and what is he going to do next? Um, I, I love Ibushi, all right? I honestly, coming out of this, I was, it was all about Jay for me. I just, man, he was so great in this, and he did his job, and we'll talk about the promo that you heard at the top and everything, but I, you know, I mentioned earlier that I wanted to talk about time in matches. So you said this is the longest match. Yeah in uh wrestle kingdom history and i didn't feel it at all when kevin kelly announced that or maybe it was chris noticed it and he was like hey this is fucking long you know and uh and they said it on commentary even though they're counting down even though there's a guy saying five minutes or 15 minutes gone you know he's saying it in japanese but i know what he means i i didn't feel it all and it took me back to a moment all right and this is a moment a long time ago and i'm gonna get kind of feely here for a second and um and this was when Okada faced Omega. I, I can't remember which one it was, but I watched it was I think it might have been the 60 minute match. I'm not sure, but I'm watching it and and I, I just kind of wrote this little thing. And it's my pinned tweet on Twitter at Jersey Tweets. And like Kenny Omega responded to it. And it's like it was a big deal for me. You know, it was really cool. And I'm going to read it to you guys. And I'm sorry. You know, I know this is not a dramatic reading. This is not qualified. But um, but here it is. So um, it says, do you remember uh, when you were a kid? And you went over to your best friend's house to play for the day. You went outside, you played all day. And while you were outside playing Ninja Turtles or G.I. Joe or left the planet and entered this kind of imaginary world where anything's possible. You battled enemies, uh, outsmarted evil geniuses and saved a princess. Then it's suddenly over and it's time to go home. And it seems like you just got there. Uh, This is the feeling that Okada versus Omega gave me. I entered another world where time didn't exist and escape the planet Earth. I watched two titans battle amongst the clouds and call thunder and lightning to their aid. Then suddenly it was over. Wrestling can be the greatest thing on Earth and even help you escape it. Thank you for indulging me. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I do. This thing I just read to you goes for this match maybe double. I, I just, I thought it was one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. I thought it was fantastic. I love it. It's, it's, I don't know if it's one I'm going to go back to all the time because it's it's emotional for me and yeah. for all the things that I've mentioned and talked about on this on this show so far and but it was a peak in an amazing you know I, I you know I've kind of said it all already I, I just those are my thoughts kind of just thrown out there I don't know I love it dude that's wonderfully put uh, I'm I'm in the same boat probably because of the finish and just like. This is one of the best things I've ever seen, and my favorite wrestler lost. 
Like, yeah, that that's that, that that. Let me just put that into perspective. <laughs> like that. That's how good this match is. Uh, <clears throat> my favorite wrestler lost, and I still thought it was like this beautiful, perfect, emotional roller coaster. And yeah, and I, I'm I'm still feeling it like right now. Just like I'm just going back to that night and just I'm watching it with uh, my wife and sister. Uh, Charity sit, sitting there excitedly in her Kota Ibushi shirt. Sister's got her Switchblade shirt on. There's a really good vibe in the room. There's a good vibe on the TV, on the Twitter. A really good vibe with like us having a good old chit chat here and there. I don't think much of anyone really said much during this match live. I guess like everyone was just kind of like quiet and kind of jaw droppingly just like soaking this match in. It was uh, a beautiful, perfect way to end Wrestle Kingdom 15. Uh, I wake up the next morning, and because Mr. Andy and I are in very different time zones, sometimes I'll wake up the next morning and uh, I'll have a message from Andy, and he's like, Dude, you got to check this out. And so I did. You, you know, you, you were like, Check out Jay's backstage comments. Like, you, you have to see this. So, get my morning coffee, I put it on, on, on my phone, got my headphones on, and just watched this absolutely wonderful, emotional kind of promo by Jay White. And it was such a good promo in a backstage comment that I feel like most of New Year's Dash was spent talking about one man. And it wasn't the double champion. It was the guy who lost. Uh, so, like, if you don't think New Japan has big plans and big dreams for Switchblade Jay White, you're fucking crazy. Look what he just accomplished. This amazing, almost, you know, hour-long, fucking incredible war with Kota Ibushi. And he does this fucking amazing promo. Do we... We'll get into it a bit more with New Year's Dash. Do we know what the future holds for him? No. And that's kind of exciting, really. Like, I want to know what happens next. I know there might be a bit of real real life involved in that. And let's talk about that when we get to New Year's Dash. I don't know. We don't know what's going on. But, you know, the guy who lost is the guy on everyone's lips. And... I don't think it's just because of that promo either. I think it's because, like, like, if if it, I, I have to imagine it. I have to try to imagine because it's tough for me to kind of wrap my brain around the fact that there might be people who aren't into Jay White. But uh, hopefully, after seeing him just crush it with Kota Ibushi at the Tokyo Dome, people are just like, all right, yep, we want to see what this motherfucker is going to do next. And after the match, we get, before we talk more Jay White, we'll get into that on New Year's Dash uh, a bit more, but uh, after the match, Ibushi standing tall, all that kind of stuff, Jay White leaves dejected, and all that kind of stuff, and then who should pop out but Sonata? Sonata pops out, gets into the ring, I'm next, motherfucker, and leaves. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm alright with that. He just won a fucking big match with Evil. Like, 
and and he tore it up. I mean, I know I was a bit down on that match at um, the G1 final, mostly because I thought it just easily telegraphed Kota Ibushi's win. But these those two men can have a really good match, and what a really good title first title defense for Kota Ibushi. Why not? Um, and like, kind of, what's going to happen next? I'm, and I know what's happening with Ibushi. So and after the end of his match, Sonata's next. No one knows what's next for Jay White, and I'm so excited about that. Either way, what about you, Mr. Andy? Yeah, I mean, if you haven't seen the promo, go watch the promo and get ready to like feel stuff because goddamn, it makes you feel. Um, Abushi, like, okay, so we're gonna get to New Year's Dash here in a second, and basically, this was all, you know what this what this time of year is about is about wrapping up all the storylines from the year before and starting new ones now some do continue of course you know but it, for the most part all the big stories ended and now the new ones begin and so they don't want you know the the wrestling never stops it's always going on and so you can't you, know, you can't just leave it hanging in the air like that for the champion you know you need to have a challenger and like you said Sonata's a great guy to be the first kind of sacrificial lamb and we have to begin the legend of god you know, uh, not only did uh, Ibushi become God, but now he has to stay God. And so that's the story now. So here we are. We've shifted to that. They did a, a, an excellent job of that. And I love the complete bullshit thing of like, hey, I want to wrestle you. Okay. You know, I love that there's no authority figure. I love that they just make their own matches whenever they want. And that's great because we've seen how the authority figure goes. So, um, you know, it's awesome that they don't yeah. have that. And, you know, I, I really enjoyed uh you know this and as i said before i kind of kind of spent you know all all the all the words i had as far as telling you how i feel about all this uh, a moment ago but i'm happy for abushi obviously he climbed a pretty tall ladder to get to where he's at and him and new japan have been dancing around each other for years you know we talked about uh when we had um when we had lexus montez on he was telling us mm -hmm. about how you know they've been watching him for a long time and always wanted him and, you know, I know that Abushi has clearly committed to them, but they kind of, you know, hadn't really committed to him. And so now this is like the obvious official, you know, uh, like the, like our never open stamp of approval. This is the New Japan stamp of approval by everybody that this is our top guy and what a top guy he is. Fuck yes. And I think... They're like, all right, we've just had Wrestle Kingdom news dash. All right, here's the night of big surprises. But for me, it's not always just about the big surprises. For me, it's just about, all right, let's reset. Reset, yes. And yes. let's catch a breath. Good point. And, all right, let's ease into the next chapter. And so let's do it. News dash at uh, Tokyo Dome City Hall. And, all right, if you've had your two biggest shows of the year, here's, here's a bit of... Uh, normalcy, I guess, for lack of a better term. We start off with Gabriel Kidd versus Yuji Nagata. My first note here is, wow, someone other than the bread man gets the win in the opener. Cool. <laughs> he's pretty dead. Uh, he's, he's probably in pain. So, yeah, I'm sure course. he needs a couple days, you know. The, uh, and uh, I thought this was solid, a solid match, but uh, I spent more, more, the whole time paying more attention to the commentary because they're talking Jay White. Yes. Uh, and, uh, you know, no offense to Mr. Nagata or Gabriel Kidd. They, it's a solid young lion versus dad's match. I liked it. You know, Nagata lock, 
Uh, I think all the locks Nagata does are called Nagata locks. I don't know. I guess it's just is what that is. And yeah, so, you know, that match is what it is. Uh, do you want to add anything to that or do we move I, on? I mean, the only thing I could add is that commentary is selling hard. You know, we didn't mention this, but Jay White kind of like quit in this in his promo, sort of. He was just like, I can't do this anymore. You know, we don't know what that means. So uh, commentary is really selling hard that if he quit now, he'd be like Michael Jordan or something like that, you know. And so that was kind of neat. Um, it's good to see that they're helping tell the story too. But yeah, I have nothing to say about the match. Yep. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. what it's you know we how what, many what times do you guys have we talked like, about it? Yeah. Like some matches do not need to be picked apart like a Bushi J White. <laughs> well, we could instead we That's could fine. we could talk about the sitcom with uh with the the wrestlers, oh, you know. Yes, dude. So all three nights. I've, I've, I just keep seeing the New Japan Dad's Gym thing. And it was after this whole show finished, uh, you didn't go straight to sleep. You're, you're a bit amped up because, you know, it's a fucking cool night this night of uh, New Year's Dash. And it's not that late for me. It's, it's only 11-something for me But when the show ended, but I, I was still amped up. I didn't go to bed till like 2 a.m. or some, something crazy. I was just like... I need some wind down time, you know, so I can fucking. Fair. Yeah, and I do remember you and I on Twitter, not not private Facebook, but on Twitter, we're we're riffing on fucking these ideas for what we'd do if we had like a New Japan Dad's Gym show. And then at one point I was just like, dude, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta save this for the show, and it's it. It's it's a sitcom, right? It it, it really is. Like, uh, it, you've got like Satoshi Kojima. Of course, you're gonna have like lots of bread gags and shit like that. And then you've got uh, Tenzan and uh, Yuji Nagata. I can see it right now. The show starts with them having retired just recently. The three men, and they all decide, hey, let's open up a gym. <laughs> And, uh, you know, and it's a sitcom, right? So what, what I'd do with the sitcom is I'd make it sort of real, like these three. I'd let them kind of be themselves a bit, but you've got to fictionalize it a bit because we're all married with family. So I'm just like, well, let's have the, let's make this show work. Uh, let's all have them be like uh, single, single New Japan retired dads and they open up a fucking gym. And just my brain was just like, that's a fucking genius idea. Why, like, if these guys did that, just imagine, like, the ladies, these three... <laughs> slabs of man beef yeah like it's fucking genius and <laughs> and then uh you know there's a couple episodes in where you ease them in and they're all happy because like they're getting a chat with ladies and all the misadventures or adventures that happens and then like a few episodes in here's what you do you bring in yoshihashi who wants to use the gym to kind of like you know exercise and prepare for some matches and stuff like that and then oh, it just feeds into like just our ongoing joke about Yoshihashi that he's the biggest loser with the biggest wiener, <laughs> and uh, it's just like the reactions of these three New Japan dads just fucking freaking out because they've got a good thing going here. They've got a nice fucking gym. They're starting to make some progress with the ladies, and then there's like, fuck, Yoshihashi's here. We got to get him out. <laughs> we got got to get him the fuck out because like you know it's all stupid dirty puerile sitcom shit we got to get him out of here or mr big wiener's gonna like ruin everything for us and 
it was about when we got to that idea i was like we should shut the fuck up save this for save this for the show so well i i, I mean i yeah. you gotta have a scene all right in the opening you gotta have a scene where i mean tenzon would probably be the guy he walks he's talking looking behind him he walks up to one of the cabinets and opens it and just like a million like little loaves of bread just fall out and kojima just standing there looking adorable that'd be awesome you know, I, I picture them living together, too, just because it's a sitcom and you have to, you know. And, uh, yeah. you know, Yoshihashi can't get right. But, yeah, he is pulling the ladies and that's a problem. But I got two things to add to the, the mix here. So they have a neighbor or maybe a rival gym owner played by Minoru Suzuki. And he is the crabby neighbor who's jealous of the dads because they have all these people that love them, you know, and, and no matter what they oh. do, they're so wacky, you know, that everybody loves them. So he's kind of, you know, the plankton to their SpongeBob and then Tiger he's, Man. He's the, or he's the Globo gym to uh, their uh, <laughs> regular that? Joes or right. whatever. I, and then, you know, the, the big thing, like the big piece that I got here though, is that Tiger Mask appears as Tiger Mask. And he's in the credits. Like, <laughs> It'll be like starring, and uh, I would put like starring Satoshi Kojima as Mr. Mr. Brett. <laughs> starring Hiroyoshi Tenzan, starring Eugene, and featuring Tiger Mask as Tiger, Tiger Mask. Mask. Exactly. Yes, this is tremendous. I would love this. I, you know, I think we it either be called the Three Dads or Three Dads Gym. You know, that'd be great. You know, I don't know. Maybe somebody can uh, tweet at us if you got a better idea for a title. I think we need to uh, pitch this to New Japan and get this moving, you know? Dude. You didn't even mention the Suzuki idea to me last night, and I'm just like, holy <laughs> shit, he has a rival gym. It's got to be him, right? I mean, he's, oh. he's such, like, the most evil-looking dude you've ever seen. You just immediately see him. You know he's going to be the jerk. You know, or he's the, he owns the gym, and he's the landlord. You know, I mean, there's a couple different things you could do there. I, I can see them needing, like, some information about something that Suzuki's up to. So they send Tiger Mask in to kind of, like, infiltrate the, the, oh. the gym or whatever to get information. So Tiger Mask is in disguise, but he's still got his <laughs> Tiger Mask on. <laughs> And they don't notice. That'd be great. And they don't. And they don't know it's him. And in fact, he comes back to the dad's gym, and they're like, "Who the fuck are you?" Then he takes his wig off, and he's like, "Oh, it's Tiger Mask. What did you find out?" Doki. <laughs> Doki is trying to tell Suzuki. Like every time Suzuki's busy, here comes Doki to try to tell him, "Don't. That's Tiger Mask. He's trying to tell him." But Suzuki's like, "Hey, d get away from me. You can't." He like he just shuts him up every time he tries to talk. And Doki's the only one on the show that Doki's actually the only knows one what's going on. He realizes it, but like Suzuki's not listening to him. You're crazy. He wouldn't have the ball. And he he just wishes he was a son, you know, because there could be a spinoff, the sons, the three sons. So I mean, there's, I mean, we got a lot going on here, and uh, that was fun. So. Uh. Look, I have to imagine they'll be playing that ad for a while, Mr. Andy, so uh, we, can, we haven't heard the last yes. of uh, New Japan Jim Dads. Man, so. <laughs> I, wish, I wish I had all the time in the world and I would put something together, man. Maybe, I don't know, we'll, we'll think about it. <laughs> I didn't want to talk about that during Wrestle Kingdom, so I'm glad you brought it up during the dash because uh, I just wanted to talk about, get Wrestle Kingdom off my chest and then uh, fucking uh, move on from there. But yeah. So, speaking of Tiger Mask, yeah. here's our second match. We've got Yuya Uramura and Tiger Mask versus Doki and Suzuki. I've taken to spelling Doki, not D-O-U-K-I, how it's spelled, but D-O-K-I, just so I don't 
keep driving uh, Dave Howard fucking insane. So you're welcome, <laughs> Mr. Dave Howard. Because uh, I think you're, you, you were just like, yeah, fuck that. You're going to be like, I'm going to call him whatever the fuck I want. Yep, that's... I'm just like, uh, I say dookie, dookie, dookie. Yeah, choose my motherfucker. Yeah, all right. So dookie. D-O-K-I. I have to spell it like that. Otherwise, <laughs> it's all going to start again. No one cares about that. But yeah, all right. Maybe Dave Howard does. I don't know. You'll have to voicemail in and let me know. But yeah, we got Yuya and Doki to start off, but Yuya don't want no Doki. Yuya's giving fucking Suzuki the stairs. So it it made me go to a dark place in my brain thinking like, does Yuya Uramura have depression? Because you'd only fucking like want to try to beat up Suzuki if you're feeling like really in a dark place and want to get beat up and suicide or something. But yeah, I thought it was really fucking cool. Make made Yuya look like a fucking badass. So eventually Suzuki and Yuya start mixing it up. And of course, Suzuki beats the absolute living fucking shit out of Yuya Uramura. And Yuya Uramura looked super fucking cool taking it. Yeah. He looked like a fucking mega baby face uh, taking his fucking beating like a, like a true young lion. Uh, so the thing about this like i'm like my note here says yeah tiger and doki do stuff too but yuya and suzuki whoa that was just fucking incredible i mean there is one part where tiger tries to do a tiger bomb onto suzuki it doesn't quite go off but neither man gets hurt it's fine Uh, suzuki just lands on tiger mask legs and it's fine it's it is what it is you know things happen but uh, the, the story about this is apparently like Suzuki does not respect Yuya Uramura. It's probably a young lion thing, you know, young boy thing, all that kind of stuff. So apparently in previous matches, he hasn't been fucking pinning him with the gotch. He doesn't deserve that. He'll, he'll you know, submit him with a crab or some other kind of bullshit. Nope. This time, gotch style pile driver. Bang. Right on Yuya Uramura. Uh, the crowd fucking realized that was a big deal more than i did like it took both like the commentary and kind of some tweets to make me go oh okay uh, i never would have remembered this kind of rivalry kind of thing that these two men have but i thought it was awesome yeah storytelling yeah. even at the bottom of the card right yeah yeah storytelling with suzuki and a young lion <laughs> and it was just fucking phenomenal I, I i loved it i thought it was fantastic and yeah, so what what did you think of this one? I, you know, I thought everybody worked really well together and I thought it was really smooth no matter who was in there and but the thing that stuck out to me the most is the kind of Yuya Suzuki stuff like you said. Uh Suzuki has this move that is fucking terrifying. It scares me so much. It scares me as much as watching Brock Lesnar run to the ring or something like that and you're like, "Holy shit, that guy can move." You know, uh Suzuki mm-hmm. shoots somebody in the ropes and and then he goes behind him. Right. Or he goes into the ropes and then he goes behind him and does the, you know, the choke or whatever. And so that go behind move is so quick and scary and he locks it in like instantly. It's terrifying. So he does that to Yuya. Yuya knows it's coming and takes the swipe at him. Right. And usually when a guy you see the thing in wrestling where a guy hits the ropes and then the guy does the fake clothesline. Oh, I'm going to get you. But he's way high and he's not even trying to hit him because it's not you know, that's what they're supposed to do is miss. And man, if if Suzuki hadn't moved, 
Yuya would have fucking clobbered him. And I love that kind of shit. That's my th when I first saw um, Nakamura, I just like he would do the stomp thing where he just stomp on the dude's head. And if the guy isn't going to move, that fucking shit's coming. So you better move. And uh, I just really like that. That was some cool pro wrestling shit that I love. Fuck. Yeah. So yeah, that was that was a really nice story in an early match. You're not gonna do like like Kid Nagata was fine, and I was just like, all right, this match should be fine on paper as well. Like same as first, but now nah, that that extra little little story nugget with Suzuki and Yuji kind of kind of made everything. I, I really liked it. So let's let's go to our next match, uh, and it'll lead to the single most adorable thing I saw in New Japan Pro Wrestling this fucking weekend. <laughs> and it's uh, Empire Laundry Boys versus uh, Yoda Suji and uh, Tenkozy, which is, you know, Hiroyoshi Tenzan and Satoshi Kojima. Uh, loved Cobb and Yota in this. They, they have some pretty fucking rad chemistry there, those two big boys. And I love seeing Mr. Bread mix it up with these guys. This is something I've been loving lately. Uh... Maybe it's because of some injuries and stuff, or maybe it's because, like, they've really needed someone to fill in this spot, but here, uh, here uh, Satoshi Kojima's been there when they've needed him to be, and he's done what they needed him to do, and he's shined throughout it all, so I, I fucking loved seeing him mix it up with Jay White and Kento during the Road 2 shows. Really, really super enjoyed that. And now I'm, I just got a kick out of seeing him in a ring with, uh, with Cobb, uh, Great Khan and to some extent, um, arsehole boy, but yeah, this is, this is a match. Was the laundry boys lost all three matches. So you get them to kind of reestablish themselves and go, Oi, this is just the beginning, all that kind of stuff. That's fine. So the empire boys just beat the shit out of like all three of them. Right. Um, of course, there's this gigantic super Oz cutter on Cobb, no, not on Cobb, on Suji, and then uh, Cobb gets the pin because he's a legal man. There's a beat down on everyone, and then uh, Great Khan does the uh, Tenzan tombs onto Tenzan, and Tenzan's killed like his neck's fucked, right? Like he's got damage and shit. <laughs> And three boys start laying in, stomping on him, like just kicking him when he's down. He's fucked up. And he's like, Satoshi Kojima knows he can't take out all three men. He knows it. He just fucking knows that these two, three, three guys, if he tries to beat them up, they're just going to fucking kick his ass too. So instead, Satoshi Kojima crawls through the stomping, drapes himself over Tenzan, and takes a beating for him. And I thought that was the most <laughs> awesome and adorable thing I've ever fucking seen. That's awesome. You mentioned this on Twitter, and I full-heartedly agree. Uh, you're going to obviously talk about this a bit more, but there's a good kind of feud for uh, the Great Okan right there yeah. with uh, Hiroyoshi Tenzan. So, you know, maybe he fights uh, Kojima first, and then, you know, then he fights uh, Tenkozy uh, because, you know, the whole... They, they, I think they've got a moveset in common, Mr. Okan and Tenzan too. So I think that's going to work out really well. But, yeah, just the visuals of it, I thought 
I know I'm talking about the Empire Laundry Boys, but I really like Cobb. I want to really like Khan. So if this is going to set them up to be kind of strong, badass, evil motherfuckers, I'm all for that. And yeah, just really good visuals of them standing tall with the dads just kind of all fucked up. What do you think? I have two things from this match. Obviously, you talked about the the uh, you know shield uh, body shield that uh, Mister Bread created. That is fucking fantastic. Um, so uh, the thing that I liked first, let's talk about the thing I liked and the thing that I hated. We'll talk about next. Um, so Tenzon, this is the most pro wrestling thing of all time. This is fucking amazing. So he he gets stretchered out, right? So he does a stretcher job to sell his own move. <laughs> Which I think is just fucking amazing. That is pro wrestling. That is amazing. So I just think that's funny. So um, that's funny. Now the thing that I hated. Okay. So the night before this, we had one of the, I mean, if you want to use, you know, terms or whatever and, and boil it down, we had one of the best work shoot promos I've ever seen. You know, Jay White uh, did after the show. And um, Fuckhead decides he's going to, you know, dip his toe into the, you know, the work shoot style of a promo. And he starts using like, you know, backstage terms. He's like, oh, I, I, I say you guys say we look weak, that we we're looking weak, but we're we we're strong. They're keeping us strong, you know, like that kind of shit, like booking stuff. That's just like, dude, shut up. If anything, I do agree that the only people in wrestling that are characters that should use inside terms or heels. I do think that's true. However, I, it just made me angry. Cause I was like, this is bad. And you just like fucking stepped on something that Jay white just did in like the a level you can't even see, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, I don't know that pissed me off, but at the same time, this is awesome. It rebuilds laundry boys. Like you said, and, uh, and then all of a sudden we've forgotten about the fact that they lost all their matches. And so if, if he hadn't fucking yep. brought it up, we wouldn't have even thought of it, dickhead. So there's that. Uh, also, um, <clears throat> dickhead goes over to Chris Charlton and he tells him to translate for him. And what? Wait, what? What do you want him to do? Translate English to, to, to English? Like, What? He doesn't, he shouldn't be in the spot. I just don't, I don't see it, man. It's, it's funny. Like, I know we're down on him and it's for good reasons. But even if we weren't, I don't know. I don't think he has a heel moveset. I don't think he quite works as a heel. Cobb and Okan, two big, strong, tough motherfuckers. Yeah, I can believe that. I don't know, man. Yeah. He's trying to be a bit too flairish for me. Um, and... I don't like that. You know who I want to see be flairish? Okada? That's... No, Rick fucking Flair. Right, yeah. And I've got like countless hours. I've watched countless hours of that motherfucker. I don't, no one needs to see anyone rip off Rick Flair because if you've watched wrestling for any period of time, like Mr. Andy and I have, you've seen a million fucking Rick Flair matches. No one can do Rick Flair. Flair. Stop it. Yeah, don't. Well, I mean, he had clearly done some like Ric Flair type gimmick stuff, and you're right. That's not. Again, he's punching above his weight class with the character stuff. The guy's one of the most awesome in ring guys there is, you know. But it's just this other stuff is bad. Yeah. <sighs> but you know, they needed. They definitely like this. This match made perfect sense. Like every, we needed. You know, they needed to establish the. Uh, Oh, I guess their name name is now the United Empire. 
uh, and stuff like that. I thought they'd go a different route tonight. I thought they would add a, a fourth member. They need a junior in their group, um, you know, and stuff like that. Uh, I think, you know, play, it's early days. The group will grow, whatever. So you ready for the next match? Yeah, I'm ready. Um, oh, you know, I'm, right. I'm interested to see what you think about all this. All right, so we got the Dangerous Techers and El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. I think uh, Doki comes out for this match too. Uh, I think so. Yeah, he was uh, out there. Yeah, yep. Versus uh, Grillers of Destiny, that's Tamatonga Tongaloa, Taiji Ishimori, and El Phantasmo. And I wrote straight away, are we setting up a junior title match? I, I said that on the Tweety as well, uh, because I like the idea of... Like, I even wrote this on the Twitter, like, Bullet Club versus Suzuki Goon should not work. It should not work, but I'm watching this match and I'm thinking, this works. I actually like seeing these two hill factions go go at it. And I think you mentioned all that succinctly during the uh, Takers G.O.D. match. And I think this is really fucking super fun. Uh, Tama never gave back the spike, which uh, cost Takers the title, and uh, Taichi's not fucking happy about that. I know you don't like him, but I thought this was funny. <laughs> fucking El Fantasmo does a nipple cripple on El Desperado. Yes. Fucking... Oh, I nearly said the C word. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I guess in my normal... on the show, but, yeah, I thought it was super fun, a super fun match with these heel factions, and ELP keeps setting up for this, like, super kick, right? And something happens, and you can't get it quite on, but eventually... Boom, right onto Kanemaru's mush. And Kanemaru gets, like, fucking knocked out. And that's when I jumped straight onto the Tweety, and I was like, this motherfucker hasn't been kicking trees. He's got something in his boot. Mm. And sure enough, you, there's no reveal, but he's, 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 he's adjusting his boot a lot on the way back to the ramp. And Suzuki-Goon are getting all concerned because Kanemaru's fucking knocked the fuck out. And it was a thrust kick. One thing I, I wanted to point out was I, I really like the Dangerous Techers uh, G.O.D. kind of chemistry. It shouldn't work. They're all heel teams, but I kind of like it, and they've got an ongoing story going on. And so now I'm interested to see, like, the junior version of that. I'm interested to see what uh, El Desperado, Kanemaru, Ishimori, and ELP will cook up together in a ring. Because uh, it's going to be very cheetah fest, but there's also going to be some fucking kick-ass moves and stuff there too. So, yeah, uh, I'm interested to see that final match. I have to it. What's next? Uh, new beginning. Yes. So, I, yeah. So I have to imagine that. Uh, yeah, they're going to definitely build that up for new beginning, and uh, I think that's a that's a pretty cool kind of matchup. It will probably end up seeing uh, another Takers God match, I guess. Maybe, and that's uh, I'm I'm fine with that too. But uh, yeah, uh, the junior version though, Ishimori, ELP, El Desperado, and Kanemaru is something kind of new and different. And I'm kind of glad that New Japan is not afraid to go. Yeah, they're all bad guys, but guess what? It's gonna be fun. <laughs> so yeah, I I just want to talk about ELP. I think his heel shenanigans work much better in these tag matches than they do in a singles match. And, uh, you know, that's just my opinion. I really haven't been high on him at all. I don't really see it. And then I just had an epiphany 
this is they're just planning for the future this is just another you know gaijin heel that you know could be the next uh you know asshole face or could be the next like type jay white guy you know it's just another guy that they're kind of throwing in there he's now had a singles match at uh wrestle kingdom he you know he's uh gonna have a tag title match they'll probably get the titles and so this is kind of about him you know so i I like that and they have been tag champs before that's true that's true well it's been a while though, you know, and I, yeah, I would, yeah. you know, I also like when he first came out, I was so dazed oh. and out of it by this time. And I was like, who is that? And I was like, Oh my God, TLP, Jesus Christ, Andy. So <laughs> it was, like, I don't have as much to say about this night. Cause I was like, it was like a nice calm evening after like a fucking whirlwind of, of, of madness. So that's the thing after so, so much intensity and so much emotion, God, you need a kind of normal New Japan show. And that's what this is. All right, so let's get into the match. I was going to say the match where it's going to give us the most to talk about, but uh, that might not be true. But let's do it. We've got um, Jay White, Evil, Bad Luck Fale, Chase Owens, and Yujiro Takahashi versus Kazuchika Okada, Yoshihashi, Tomohiro Ishii, Hiroki Goto, and King of Pro Wrestling Toriyano. <laughs> It's it's it. This is fun stuff. Uh, I wrote this. This is the first note I wrote. Fun stuff. I'm like, wow. Obviously, wrote this as I was watching the match, not after it. <laughs> <laughs> so we got shitty elbows that chaos do on evil, and I'm like, no, no. But then they do it on Dick Togo, and I'm like, yeah. yes. <laughs> That's funny. No. Uh, and uh, I thought that was uh, that was pretty funny. It's a baseball neck on a Carter. And I'm thinking, oh, are they going to do maybe an evil Okada match next? Mm-hmm. I'll be like, maybe, because they have that beef, uh, because you know, evil fucked him up during the New Japan Cup. So maybe. What I did not expect is the rest of this match. Jay gets tagged in, and he gets fucking beaten up. Is there flashes of brilliance? Of course there is, but... He's not at 100% because, you know, he just took a 45, 48-minute fucking ass-kicking from God, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, and he's bandaged up, like, on his back. It's taped up like fucking crazy. So, you, he's, he's not at full strength, and Chaos are just fucking him up. And then the man who spoiled his G1 chances of winning, Tomohiro Ishii, Gets out of the fucking Blade Runner, twists it, Brain Buster, and I'm like, oh shit, that's a Brain Buster, that's over. Uh, one of the Bullet Club guys will save, and three, oh fuck. And I love me some issue, but when one of my favorites keeps repeatedly beating my absolute favorite, you start to make me turn on, no, I'm not turning on issue at all. Uh, <laughs> it, it's a fu- fucking fine story. And it's going to maybe lead into eventually to a match between Jay White. Uh, well, I don't know when it will happen, but eventually Jay White and Jay White will finally beat him because Ishii's beating him uh, every time they've wrestled in the G1. So he's beaten him twice in the G1 now, Ishii. Ishii seems to, like, I like that Jay White is this seeming like this he can he can slay the top stars like Naito, Okada, Tanahashi and Ibushi. But Jeff Cobb fucked him up. 
Tomohiro Ishii fucked him up. Like, I don't know, maybe he's just... uh, Maybe the Never guys are just like, yeah, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) But this right here just made me think, what are they doing with him? Now, is there... Talked about him all night. I know we may, I mentioned that in the first match, but they're putting all these different kinds of spins on it because you, no one knows the whole story or whatever. Because they're not going to give the whole story straight away. Now is he? I'm going to cough. Excuse me. <coughs> is he going home for a bit, just to kind of like uh, recharge or or whatever, and you know, be with family and stuff, or is this this kind of story of like? Switchblade losing his smile and then then maybe turning him face or having even Bullet Club go, fuck you, and, you know, because I don't want to see him leave to go somewhere else. I don't. Because I know no matter where he goes, even if it's AEW, like, I don't see him having 48-minute fucking marathon epic matches anywhere else. And that's kind of what I want. Now that I've seen it once... Like, I've seen him do, like, a lot of really fucking fun, awesome matches. But th- that one, that one is the one, right? Yeah. And I want to see fucking more of that. I don't want him to leave, at least leave permanently. But uh, I don't know what they're doing with Jay. And I'm super fucking excited. <laughs> I it, don't know. I mean, is this beginning? Is this the end? You know, uh, that's the question, right? And that's what they're playing with. It's really fun. You know, I don't have an answer for you. All I know is if Jay White showed up in some other company um, and wasn't like a guest of New Japan to be put over huge, he would get lost in the shuffle and he'd be jobbing to Goldberg at WrestleMania or something like that. So, you know, it's uh, it would be a fucking travesty and I would hate to see that. Um, I can't imagine they're going to let him go anywhere. I mean, he is a home-built guy. And and the thing is, though, one one thing about what you mentioned, he can't go home until after January 31st at a minimum because uh, there's no international travel out of Japan right now until yeah. then. But that's like a tentative date, so that probably will be moved, you know, back. So, or move for whatever, you know what I mean. So, um, yeah. who knows, you know, uh, I, you know, I everybody kind of thought, you know, that, that this was going to end in a beatdown from Bullet Club, uh, kicking him out of Bullet Club, because that's happened so many times. You know, every time one of these guys loses one of these big uh, title matches, and if you don't know, um, New Japan has a very unique system for their um, contracts, and it's not everybody, but a lot of the guys, their contract ends at Wrestle Kingdom. So um, it creates some interesting decision-making and booking and stuff, and that's why guys like AJ Styles, Finn Balor, um, you know, well, Prince Devitt and, uh, you know, somebody else I'm missing, they all got beat up and kicked out of Bullet Club because they were leaving, you know, uh, Kenny Omega, right? So, um, yeah. you know, that's what everyone was expecting. It didn't happen, which is intriguing, you know, and then, you know, that leads me to believe that he's not going anywhere. However, I am, I am, I was kind of uh, blown away by the fact that the, they didn't pick up the Bullet Club Civil War story because that just kind of got left to the side there and is just kind of waiting, you know? <coughs> we, don't, we don't know yet what's going on with that. There's no resolution between him and Evil and, like, all these guys that are quote-unquote leaders. You know, what's ELP's role in all this? I mean, there's a lot of, of questions, but that means there's a lot of directions they can go. It's very interesting. 
and guys like Ishii that just have somebody's number, that's a cool thing because that really happens in sports and stuff like that. We're just some, yeah. some team that even if they're a bad team, they, they just, for some reason, they, they got this other team's number. They always so, beat that top team. Right. Yeah. So, so that's a cool deal. Um, and it's funny too, because a little psychology thing is that if Jay was with it, if he hadn't, you know, lost to God the night before and hadn't lost his mind, he would not have been in the ring to lose to Ishii. He would have seen Ishii across the ring from him and not fucking tagged in. That's what he would have done. So or he would have rolled out. So, you know, he wasn't himself. You're right. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, I know people wanted answers and I know people really did that. But like if, if uh, wrestling is a drip feed, dude, like you, you don't want to get the whole meal straight away you gotta drip it drip feed us fans you know you gotta tell us a story and new japan's gonna do that and you're right like they've got he's a homegrown star he's 28 he just like they trust him with all of their main japanese stars to the point where he's like main eventing the fucking tokyo dome uh they've everything they do with him just makes me think They've got plans for him. It gotta be. There's a plan. You know, gotta be. Yeah. There's been a couple times on this road where I've just been like, oh, well, what the fuck do you do with Jay now? And guess what? They've always come up with something really interesting and fun to do with Jay. And as I was watching him get the one, two, three, uh, you know, take the one, two, three from Ibushi the night before, I was not left with that feeling. Like, this, like, because I just saw him do 48 minutes in the in the fucking Tokyo Dome. Like, they've got plans for him. Like, there is no doubt about it in my mind. So I'm hoping this is more storyline than reality. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's all storyline stuff anyway. You know, but uh, I, I can't wait to see where this goes. And, yeah, um that's the exciting part of it you're right like there's so many different directions they can take it if they if they so if they so wish oh man look i really need to get this next match off my chest too and i mean that in a in a great way <clears throat> i just want to say um i wrote this really dumb tweet i thought it was dumb and i said in this dumb tweet, I can't remember the exact tweet. I'm, I'm just going to paraphrase. I said, like, probably won't happen, but wouldn't it be cool if Tanahashi was, like, the next challenger for the Never Open title? Mm-hmm. And that was just something that actually started. There's been no eyeballing. There's been no preview stuff. Nothing. This is just the wrestlers coming out. And I'm just watching this thinking, like, because <clears throat> as soon as a Never Open champion uh, either wins the title or retains their title. My number one thing I want answered is who's next? Who's next for that never open championship? Like, who's going to challenge next? So I'm what, looking at this match and I'm thinking, I mean, there's a lot going on. Maybe they won't have time to kind of do a, a never stuff. But I'm looking at the lineups. It can't be a Bushi, obviously. Uh, his, his show's tied up elsewhere. It's definitely not going to be Wato or Rocky. No offense to both men, but they're not having ever open title shots. And I just, it just the idea just stuck in my head. I'm like, is this going to be a thing? <clears throat> so 
before I get into the match, let, let us do the, the fucking coolest thing, because I know you're going to point this out if I don't. Uh, when LIJ come out, Sonata's out last. Yeah. Which is really cool, because Sonata's the... the <clears throat> excuse me. Sonata's the man who's going to face Kota Ibushi, probably at New Beginning. So I thought that was a really nice little touch. I thought that was really cool. Uh, apparently, in a backstage comment section, Hiromu was like, I want show next. And a part, a part of me was really happy about that prospect, but also really sad uh, because uh, his, his food, his Hiromu food. Uh, maybe, maybe but, not, maybe not, you know. But I don't mind because I really want to see show versus Hiromu again because they had a great match in the Best of Super Juniors. So, yeah, uh, it's just... There's fun preview stuff, of course, with uh, Kota Bushi and Sonata. There's fun preview and show. And they start doing it. They start doing all this fucking shit with Shingo and Tanaki. And suddenly, my stupid tweet that seemed so fucking improbable is coming true. And I'm watching this and I'm like, are you fucking serious? Oh my god. 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 Lots of preview stuff between Shingo and Tanahashi. <clears throat> and that means there's only two motherfuckers with no story, and that's Bushi or Wato. So one of those motherfuckers is getting pinned. Someone on the Tweety was just like, I'd love it if Tanahashi pinned Shingo and challenged for that title. And I thought to myself, that would never happen. Like, I can't see Tanahashi. I can see Tanahashi pinning the Never Champ in a tag match. That's fine. But he's not, like, maybe the, that title's a bit beneath him. And I, I tweeted that person and I said, nah, what I see happening is like after the match, Shingo calls out Tanahashi mm-hmm. because this motherfucker wants to test himself. He wants to test himself as by not coasting and not maybe not wrestling the, the, the usual never dudes. This guy, is he's, he's got plans. Mr. Shingo Takagi. Oh, by the way, uh, the finish is um, MX on Wato. <laughs> yeah, I. You uh, know, this match just set up three future matches. I mean, they just, <coughs> they got solidified, like you just explained, and I, I want all three. Yeah, and and you know what's the cliche in wrestling? Uh, it's not the belt that makes the man; it's the man that makes the belt. And Shingo's uh, that's the story he's telling right now. So uh, you know the the story isn't that Tanahashi's going to beat him, and then that's how he earns his challenge. You know, Tanahashi doesn't need to pin a, a, a mid card champion to get a title match. So you know the the story's different, and it's uh, we talked about a little bit, you know, about how you know that title's hold, hard to hold on to. And it was funny, uh, awesome uh, listener Jamie Coy tweeted out. He was like, he was like, man, I'm worried about the. You know about Tanahashi's health, and I was like, "Shit, did you see Shingo bumping like a maniac? You'd be worried about him. You know, he's the one who's gonna fucking kill himself to make the match awesome." So, you know, it'll be great if Shingo comes out and does what he does. I mean, this is obviously some dream match that marks have been, you know, uh, thinking about in their basement for years and years, and so it's coming true. Pretty cool. Yeah, look, I even saw a tweety or two that said, "Isn't this a step down for Tanahashi?" And I'm like, it's not about a step down for Tanahashi. Uh, Tanahashi wrestling a never open title match immediately elevates the the never open title. You got and the Shingo Shing- knows that, and the guy that holds it. Yeah, so yeah, and the guy holds it. Now, if Shingo beats Tanahashi, 
boom, you've just elevated your belt. If Tanahashi wins, boom, you've just elevated your belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, someone jokingly said, because uh, I, I was just riffing on the ideas for this match, and someone said, wow, Luke, you've got your finger on the fucking fast-forward button. And I was like, that's nothing. I already looked ahead, looked past this match <laughs> to uh, Shingo winning and going, all right, Kazuchika Okada, get your ass out here. <laughs> so yeah, my brain just like is totally skipping ahead here in 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 just really excited ways. I know the bigger matches are probably the junior title and the double title match, but for me, just the idea that Shingo is just like, yeah, I want to keep this belt, but I want to keep this belt being beating the fucking best. And I know he's never really had. I mean, I guess someone could probably point out somewhere before I started watching, but Tanahashi's not known for being a never guy and having never, never open weight title wrestling matches, but he's a tough motherfucker. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. And I, I just think this was perfect. It was this stupid dream that I had. I didn't even have this dream long-term dude. I just saw people coming out and I was just like, man, that would be really cool. Nah, they'll never do that. Holy shit. They're doing it. Um, so I'm glad that match was on last uh, because of, of the, whole, the whole kind of Jay getting pinned two nights in a row kind of stuff but, mm-hmm. and the story behind that. So this was kind of like the final match to preview a shit ton of title matches coming up, but also to kind of be like, hey, there's some fun stuff coming. Don't 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 stress, Luke. Just breathe. Just breathe. Yeah, because they do this all for me, you know. Uh, <laughs> well, they're making uh, your dreams come uh, true, Luke. I mean, damn. Yeah, dude. Oh my god, yeah, I love Tanahashi, I love Shingo, uh, now fight, yeah, yes, yes please, yes. After, yes, please. there was, uh, there was some backstage <coughs> stuff, I, I didn't check, I didn't see all of it, but Tanahashi promised the fans that pro wrestling will always be there for you, and I thought that was pretty cool, you know, uh, cause that's, it's meant a lot, and, you know, this, uh, this series of shows here was pretty incredible, and, and, uh, tomorrow I go back to reality, back to the drudgery of work and avoiding a pandemic and worried about the fucking world ending where I live and shit like that. And, uh, this was, man, I needed this so bad. This was, uh, this is going to do lots for my mental health for the next six months until I need it again at uh, dominion. So, um, (laughs) you know, but, uh, but I, I mean, Luke, I've said everything I could possibly say about this. What do you have any final thoughts about the, you know, wrestle kingdom slash new year's dash overall? Just, just, I know there were some people who was like, I expected more mega surprises tonight for New Year's Dash. And I, and I remember saying to at least one person, I was like, Tanahashi versus Shingo, that's enough for me. <laughs> and I totally meant that too. Yeah. Like, yeah, but, you know, things did happen. We've got the drama with Jay. We've got setting up all these title matches and stuff. A lot of people, like, will look at New Year's Dash and that, we expect major mega surprises. I'm like... I title matches to be announced and shit, like, and feuds to start. Just, you know, not not every New Year's Dash go to have like that. As for Wrestle Kingdom itself, I absolutely loved it. Yeah, there was some things that were better than others, but all the big matches were big and amazing and just draw-droppingly good. Uh, like 
Wrestle Kingdom nights one and two, there's already at least like three match of the year contenders there already. Four, I guess, if you want to add um, uh, Okada and Arseface. Uh, um, motherfucking Shingo Cobb, Night Jay White Ibushi, uh, Akata versus Dickhead, uh, Hiromu Ishimori, and for me, because I, and for me, maybe for me personally, also Evil Sonata, so many fucking really cool, fun matches, so much emotion. I loved it. I was exhausted. I'm disappointed it's over. And I'm also kind of fucking relieved as well. Yeah, <laughs> if that I makes sense. Sure. It's like, I love, I love the G1 and I'm always happy it's over <laughs> because I'm just like, fuck. And uh, this is for me, like being able to watch these at a sensible hour. So like much respect to you, Mr. Andy and all the motherfuckers who joined us all three days. Uh, I was a bit worried because like you handled the Tweety on the, 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 the two Wrestle Kingdom shows I handled never open Tweety at the New Year's Dash so, show. So I was just like, all right, are we still going to have all the people around for, for Dash? I'm like, are you going to keep me company too, motherfuckers? And you did. <laughs> so thank you for being awake, everyone. And uh, joining Mr. Andy and I, uh, it was an awesome experience. I, had, I watched it with, with, with family and friends. I watched it with you. We were messaging out the storm. I felt like I was watching it with everyone on Twitter. And it was just a really fucking cool experience. And it was <clears throat> another one crossed off the podcast bucket list that I kind of had when we started. Right, G1, yes. Super Juniors, yes. You know, Wrestle Kingdom, fuck yeah. Uh, World Tag League, well, it wasn't on the list, but that was nice too. (laughs) (laughs) Was it though? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I think that um, community, (laughs) you know, experiencing community right now is very difficult. And uh, we did it together. So good job, everybody. And, um, you know, before we wrap things up, of course... We, uh, you know, we can't just uh, leave it at this. We got this giant-sized uh, Wrestle Kingdom episode, and, um, you know, there's a big surprise for you guys at the end. And I got a surprise for you, Luke, but uh, we're going to talk about your match recommendation from last week and get your match recommendation for next week right now. Uh, or, you know, how we usually do it. But uh, what was your match recommendation for this week? All right. Speaking of having my finger on the fast-forward button, I've already got my match pick for next week. Because um, I had it planned when I started this whole AJ Styles Naito thing, but uh, I've already got my match planned for the, for the show after. So uh, talk about uh, finger on the fast forward button. Uh, whoever made that comment, just fucking wow! You don't know me, but I feel like you fucking know me. That's that's <laughs> that's legendary wrestling fan Jamie Coy. Uh, yeah, yeah, he does not suffer foolishness. Now you gotta watch out for that. But he is uh, he's a sharp dude. I really like that guy. Uh, we, I've known that guy a long time, uh, because of wrestling and podcasts. He's an awesome dude. Cool. Uh, there's Housen. That's a dude. Yeah. Uh, right, yeah. Cool. I think he's Jamie Housen on, on Twitter. I think. Yeah. Go follow Jamie. Well, we, we've been, been putting him over a lot. So just to counterbalance that, uh, fuck that guy. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. fuck you. Jamie. <laughs> All right. So my match was, uh, a second in a trilogy of matches. It uh, is AJ Styles versus Tetsuya Naito. Uh, speaking of Tokyo Dome, this is from uh, Wrestle Kingdom 9. Yeah. I think. Uh, so I watched these 
like in the hour before we started recording, right, Stanley? So I totally forgot it was a Tokyo Dome match. I loaded it up and I'm thinking, oh, fuck, they're in the Dome. It's Naito Styles. Oh, they're probably going to go for... Oh, cool, it's 20 minutes. All right, cool. Dude, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a fucking jam-packed 20 minutes, too. Holy oh, shit. Isn't it? Yeah. This is... Like, uh, they get some super... And there's this one really crazy spot where AJ gets dumped to the floor by Naito. Naito goes for a Hurricane Rana, and then... And then uh, AJ's like, nah, catches him. Superstars clash off the ropes. And one, two, three. So the first match they had in this trilogy, uh, Naito pulled out the win with that. I always forget the freaking name of that. The, the Splash movie. Stardust Press, yeah. Star, Stardust Press, yep. And then the second match, it's a Superstars clash. Uh, they weren't even wrestling for a title or anything. So these two must have had a bit of a grudge match going on. It's grudge feud at the time. I don't know, but all I know is that these two are magical in the ring together, and it was fucking super damn cool. Yeah, their their move sets mesh very well, oh, and like so like like in a ways I was not expecting, and I was like, God damn, that's fucking great. And uh, like I said before, it is like it's like a sixty minute match packed into twenty minutes, so they it's go go go, and it's babyface um Nido before he you know he's almost about to be the Nido that we know today. So he um you know it's weird. I watched this live, and I have no recollection of it. Because I because like Ibushi versus uh, Nakamura on this show just like fucking made my head explode and that was like the match you know um, so you know and honestly this is not a typical AJ Styles match you know I've seen Naito have matches like this but typically AJ Styles very slow paced you know um, and so this is super fast paced it's a blast and you want to talk about time flying you turn this thing on and you walk in the other room you come back it's over. You know, so I had, I had to run it back, but uh, I thought it was really fun to revisit. And, um, you know, those guys, man, if they could, I mean, that was some some of the really good chemistry as far as their movesets meshing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, I'm an AJ Styles fan, so I was a fan of him in, um, in TNA. Uh, when I watched the product, I was a fan of and still am a fan of him, but I, I was a fan of some of his uh, WWE stuff. So I've always kind of liked him, but there's that spot in the middle, you know, that bridge between uh, his Impact days and his WWE days, uh, you know, the New Japan time that I know pretty much jack shit about. So um, it's been quite, a, quite kind of fun to just type in AJ Styles and then a New Japan wrestler and then go, ooh, Nice. I did type in uh, Ishii, and they had no singles matches, so I'm uh. like, fuck! <laughs> but, um, so expect uh, uh, expect me to put in more AJ Styles matches in the future, listeners. Um, there's going to be one more coming up for my recommends, and then I'm going to switch to another dude, but he'll be a guy I will intermittently come back to because I just want to see him uh, mix it up with the uh, New Japan dude that I know and love, so... Yeah, really super fun stuff. All right, uh, and uh, right, uh, Mr. Andy, <laughs> tell uh, us about yeah. your really super fun match. Yeah. So I wanted a, a dome match too, and obviously we talked about that this is before Wrestle Kingdom, and we hadn't talked about WCW guys coming into New Japan, which happened a lot in the '90s, and uh, we didn't, we hadn't talked about the Steiners. So we uh, we had this. It's like it's like dream match or something like that, and it's it's Sting and Muda 
versus the Steiners, all right, in the Dome. The hottest crowd in the history of pro wrestling, pretty much. I mean, this crowd is rabid. Yeah. And, and this match is just full of all kinds of just fun, fun stuff. It's it's just like, it's just pandering, complete pandering. I love it. It's a blast. I don't know. I mean, that's kind of it. I don't know. It, it's, just, it's just a fun, fun thing to experience watching. What do you think? Did you ever... Usually this happens to me for music, right? <clears throat> so what will happen is I'll listen to something from kind of like my era of favorite shit, which is like I'm a 90s teen, so it's maybe a lot of late 90s, early naughty stuff, and I'll find something, an album or an artist from that era that I'd never heard before, <clears throat> and it gives me a sense of nostalgia even though it's something completely new to me. It's, it, I don't know how, it, it's kind of a weird thing, but for me, this felt like a super nostalgic thing, but something completely new to me too, because, uh, you know, I watched a lot of Steiners in the in their mid to late 90s, watched a lot of Stinger. I'm ashamed to say I probably didn't see as much great Mooder as I should have, and maybe don't remember him so much from um, WCW, and that's totally on me, that's fine. But uh, it, it's like seeing a lost kind of gem with uh, Sting in the Steiners that I've never seen before, and I really loved it. Most of the matches, like the Steiner brothers ragdoll and fucking Great Muda. <laughs> they just kill like, him. <laughs> like fucking suplex, 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 slam, 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 suplex, slam, suplex, slam, suplex, slam. Make, and they make it look mwah, effortless and wonderful. And uh, Muda's bumping his fucking ass off. There's just... Like, I know Sting is a really good wrestler, but I, I don't always remember him being fucking, like, super strong. But he just picks up Rick Stein and, and then slams him, like, fucking bang, dead, like, deadlifts him. And I'm like, holy shit. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, so I thought this was a joy. The fucking finish was a bit confusing. And I was like, wait, what happened? Did I think the Steiners won. No, oh, Sting got the pin. Uh, what the fuck happened? I don't know. So... <laughs> so the, 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 the finish is a bit confusing but the match is short it's about 12 minutes but gives me a nostalgic kick for something i didn't quite realize i was nostalgic for you know just fits into that kind of tapestry of like stuff that i like from when i was like a young and impressionable i guess yeah it was it was super fun and when i was looking up this match <clears throat> Uh, two matches came up because I just typed in the search engine Sting uh, and uh, Muda and it came up with this match and then it came up with a match they had a year before and but that one was just Sting versus Muda and I was like what the fuck yeah there's, so, uh, there's a lot of cool shit yeah. on there you know and there's a lot of cool shit that's not on there you know so it you know, I mean, it may be in the future they add more stuff and, and, and whatnot and I, I just it's always fun to go back to this silly shit so uh well, what is your uh, match recommendation for next week? Or, well, I, next time we record, we're not sure. We haven't talked about the schedule yet. Uh, the, sched the next show doesn't start till the 17th, if it even happens. So, you know, we'll figure out a way to kind of fill those times if there's any need for content. But what is your next, mac <laughs> next match recommendation, Got All right. So, I said this when I announced the first one. There was three matches on New Japan World featuring AJ Styles and Tetsuya Naito. And so <clears throat> I'm going to the third and final one-on-one -on -one meeting between both men. It's from July 29th 
2015 at uh, Fukuoka International Center. It's the ninth match. It's from the G1 Climax 25 A block, and it's Naito versus AJ. Okay. They've got one each. They've got a win each against each other, and I guess this is their final match, rubber match kind of thing. And I want to see where this goes. There's the tiebreaker. Well, I told you I had a surprise for you, and I'm obviously very excited to see that. It's I I don't know if I will. Well, I want to watch that G1, but man, I just that G1 is so full of the Noah stuff that that's all I remember, and I remember Shibata, you know, in that more than anything. But um, but uh, you holy know, shit, Shibata versus AJ Styles is probably there. Oh wait, that's 2016. I'm thinking of. I'm sorry. All right. Yeah. So this is before I watched it. Okay. Okay. Because I didn't start watching until Wrestle Kingdom in 2015, but then I didn't really start watching regularly until a little later. But I don't know. I, I may have seen it. Anyway, point is, is that um, I told you I had a gift for you, you know, and uh, we talked a lot about Jay White. And something we have not talked about is his Young Lion days. And uh, I, you know, him versus David Finley was a rivalry. Much like, you know, Suji versus Yuya or Suji versus Kid or whatever iteration mm -hmm. of that that you can see. However, at the time, they seemed to be the only Young Lions for some reason. And man, every show, especially the Kurgan Hall show, started with Finley versus uh, Jay White. And, you know, that's back then, I used to, every time they announced Jay White, I would put, you know, I would like tweet out like, Jay white -oh, And he would like the tweet or whatever. I was just like, ah, oh, that's kind of cool. I've always liked him. And so, Motherfucker's too cool for school now. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, that, that's how that works, by the way. As soon as a wrestler makes the big time, they they do not answer messages anymore. So um, That's because they go from getting, like, a handful of messages to, like, fucking several hundred and million messages. And it's just yeah, like, it's that. Yeah, fuck this. <laughs> you know, it's that and other stuff. But, um, yeah. but yes, the, um, okay, so they had this kind of, like, feud as, um, you know, as young lions. And so it had to end at some point. So they have a blow-off match, a singles match. And it's at uh, Sendai Sun pa uh, Plaza, excuse me. And it's the first match on June 7th, 2016. Um, and it's Jay White versus David Finley. So, you know, I just wanted to go back and kind of see the beginning, you know, of him so that folks can see, you know, where he came from. Because he's just a skinny little boy back then, you know. And what he's come mm. to be is is something that, you know, is outshining God. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty awesome stuff. I, I don't know. You'll really enjoy it. It's good stuff. Um, and you'll see, like I said, the beginnings of all this. So, uh, all right. So, all right. So switchblade versus oh, Jay White versus David Finley. Sorry. It's, the, since there's a lot of matches, you probably just picked up on it and it just went right through one rear out the other. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm an asshole. Everyone. Uh, sorry. What was the date? It's a that? good thing we're recording this by the way. So, um, yeah. <laughs> So everyone can hear what a fucking douchebag I am? <laughs> no, because yeah. you can always run it back. But uh, June 7th... Uh, <laughs> nah, fuck that. <laughs> June, June 7th, 2016. We're live, brother. That's... Yeah, we'll do it. We'll fuck it. We'll do Sorry, it. Sorry, June 17th. June 7th, 2016. God, I am exhausted, June dude. 7th. I feel you. That's all right. Um, so I, I have that as a gift for you. Uh, for the listeners, I have another gift. I kind of put together a little, like just goofy best of uh never open podcast over the past year i you know thanks everybody i i'm kind of out of energy at this point i don't know what else to say but uh that'll be after this and um you know i i don't know we work we work hard on this show we appreciate you guys listening and everything and without folks interacting with us and telling us what you think and stuff like that 
you know, we'd still do it, but it, it really makes it better. You know, like I said, I, I think the, you know, the kind of theme of all this is that community matters and, uh, you know, we're part of our own community. you got to build your own in life. And we, we've made that and it's, it's, uh, it's doing well. And I love that. Yeah, uh, I love it too. Uh, thanks everyone who listens. This is another long one. Uh, the next one's probably not going to be uh, quite as long as the last two. But, uh, you know, it's fucking Wrestle Kingdom, baby. And we, we had to we had to just get it all off our chest. It's been a fucking blast. Like, um, I'm, I, I'm, I think I'm more giddy for this than I was, like, the first time we did it. Because the first <laughs> time, you're a bit nervous and stuff. I feel so much more settled now. And just, I'm like... Oh my god, that show was awesome! Or, oh my god, that show was just average. Now I can fucking like put praise it or put it on blast and just goof off with you for an hour or two. Fucking uh, yeah, I love it. And yeah, uh, you know he he doesn't do things the way I I, I want him to all the time because if he did, New Japan would probably be very boring. But it's been a roller coaster, it, despite all of that, Mister Andy uh, and Gato, we trust. May he live forever. All right. Well, then, Luke, uh, you know, I guess I'll start. Uh, this is the the triumphant return, of course, of the Never Open Podcast dramatic reading, the lyrics to Tai Chi's theme song. Just after midnight, the hands of the clock tear a silent love apart. <laughs> Heralding the end. The sound of the bells now melts into the gentle breeze. The brilliant white veil flutters, reaching out your hand, and days and grief in my arms. It said doze, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> I can't read. <laughs> Dreams shine fleetingly with a light called hope and disappear into despair. Just after midnight, the hands of the clock tear a silent love apart. Herald in the end, the sound of the bells now melts into the gentle breeze. The tears of memory flow endlessly with this clear white love gross. Hey. <laughs> 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 Hey, it's the best song ever written by the best singer ever written. <laughs> He's got to have a calm joke in it, right? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. That's been there this whole time, and I didn't know it until now. Oh, fucking hell, we're mature. All right. Even if I fall into the darkness of despair now, I'll hold on to the shining hope for the future. And hope! This place never disappears. Just after midnight, the hands of the clock tear a silent love apart. Heralding the end, the sound of the bells now melt into the gentle breeze. Now I pray I won't awaken from your spell. And scene. Now, and then I went back a little bit and I found one about bread. So this is kind of the, this is the, uh, you know, uh, this is the big one here. It says, hello, bread club. I ate bread three times today. <laughs> eat too much? No. My name is bread club. So no problem. <laughs> there you go.
uh, say hello, Andy. Hello, Andy. How's it going, Luke? Oh, you finally said it. This is like <laughs> episode five, and every week I'm like, say hello, Andy. And you're just like, hi, everyone. Hi. <laughs> and this week, fucking fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, you, yes, set a, you set them up, I knock them down, all right? It may take me five weeks to do it, but I'll eventually Kenta just kicked the shit out of me. You know what that means? Hanto, baby. He kicked the shit out of me. I ain't kidding. It ain't a figure of speech. I'm going to have to check my underwear because I may have sharted. Probably sharted. You know what a shart is, Hashizume? You know what a shart is? And when you think it's a fart, it's a little bit more. Yeah, I sharted. Poopsie daisy. We have one last thing that's very serious that we have to do before we move on. I know we're joking around, but Mr. Bread got serious this week on Twitter and we got to talk about it. Okay. Um, you know, we all, we all know that Twitter can be a toxic place. Um, you know, and apparently even for Mr. Bread. So, uh, he had a little problem this week and, uh, here is our Kojima tweet of the week. I think all those gluten-free people hate his guts or something. They must, they must. It says, I've blocked one person. Now a person who says you, even though he has no acquaintance, I'm a professional wrestling fan because I look at my Twitter. Unfortunately, I sometimes come across people like this. And the more people like this, the more they tweet, I block Kojima. But no matter what such a person says, it's not a fart. For uh, (laughs) the first ever Never Open Podcast dramatic reading. I'll say once again, between the New Japan Cup and these two titles, I'm the first Triple Crown champion in history. And I have the best pariah there is in Dick Togo. Any questions? Champ, champ, on July 11th, the world was shocked when you joined Bullet Club. Why did you make that decision? Isn't it obvious? I said it before, by any means necessary. I planned this all out. Bullet Club are the best team there's ever been. Champ, champ, do you have any thoughts on your former partners in Los Ingobernables de Japón? (laughs) Those guys, rotten. That's, oh, that's you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you're next. Evil, evil. (laughs) You are currently a never six-man tag champion with two LIG LIG members. What will you do with that belt? That belt? That piece of crap? I don't need it. Evil, what thoughts do you have on your match last night with Tetsuya Naito? Watch the match, and you'll see all there is to say. I saw right through everything he had to offer. Champ, in Aichi, you will face Hiromu Takahashi after he called you out on the mic last night. What do you think of that match? Hey, Hiromu, you 100% yet? Can you next survive my offense? Huh. <laughs> it says, humph. <laughs> all right, last question, champ. You now hold both the IWGP Intercontinental and Heavyweight Championships. How does that feel? I'm going to waste time answering some such crappy questions. We're done. If you guys talk shit about my career or my wrestling, please do so. I don't give a fuck. never. I'm your host. I'm Luke. I'm uh, I'm from down under in Australia. You can tell by my awesome accent. Loud and clear. Tanahashi is the greatest wrestler I've ever been in the mother effing ring with. There's nothing to say. It's not a bad show. So we got Alex Coughlin. 
Coughlin Coughlin. Yeah, you got it. All right. First time or the second time? First time. All right. Yes. I can do all the Japanese names, but Cough, Coughlin. Coughlin. <laughs> so, Alex. It is time for the triumphant return of a dramatic reading. So, let's get started by talking about your official debut, July 11 and 12 in Osaka Joe Hall. How was that experience? Oh man, like I was finally back. It was great to show fans a new side of me. But at the same time, it was like, okay man, the real fight starts now. <laughs> we saw signs that you were coming on June 15 in that teaser video. Yeah, man! So we found out later that it was you in that video, but you were doing some moves we don't normally see from Japanese wrestlers. Right, man. It was something different, I think. Uh, a neat little way to show myself. I would like to have done more show myself in that ring, but then a certain someone showed up. Uh, my wife came in and just gave me coffee. I think she's wondering what the fuck's going on. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, just as you gave your first address to fans on July 3rd, there was Dalkey with that iron pipe. Man, I, there was only one thing for it after that. So, that brought us to Osaka. <laughs> Dalkey Dalkey was like, we're probably doing the whole thing now. I'm just going to cast off. Dalkey was uh, laughing, you, laughing at you backstage after that, asking if anyone had had such a pathetic debut. Man, we both have shared past in Mexico, but I didn't think he would be lying and wait for me like that. That first moment back to any wrestler is important, but it was uh, a bit different to what you had envisioned. Yeah, I talked about reaching the very top in New Japan, and uh, I had plans to challenge Hiromu Takahashi right out the gate. But when Dookie showed up, that poop head, and became LK first him, then everybody else, one by one, Mr. Interviewer. I like that. It's like, I'm going straight to the top. The lowest rung on the ladder. <laughs> I'm going to fight everybody in order. Like, um, you could just be Dalky, then go for. Uh, never mind. Just, hey, Mister Mister Interviewer, I don't know why you're making fun of my answers, but I, I, my name is Master Wado, and I'm from Japan. Okay. Don't take anything away from Yoshihashi. He is, and forever will be, Ichiban's sweet boy. He's a sweet, sweet, sweet boy. Usually when I say a match has two men in their 50s, like I can, I can almost hear the groans of the people listening going, oh, God, an old man match. This is going to be like eight minutes of suck. Uh, it isn't. This is a 20-minute thrill ride between Yuji Nagata and Minaro Suzuki. Uh Oh, my God. Both these guys beat the shit out of each other. I think uh, Yuji Nagata's bleeding from the mouth. Both of them have uh, just pink all over on one side for just where they continually slap and punch each other. You know when something's funny, 
And when, when if someone repeats something and it's funny after the third time, then after the tenth time it's not funny, and then after the twentieth time it's fucking funny again. Well, yes. with this match, they'll slap each other, and I'm like, fuck, this is cool. They're getting into it, and then at some point I'll see how red they are, and I'm like, oh my god, stop slapping each other, please, please stop it. And then I just keep doing it, and then I've come all the way back around again. I'm going, fuck yeah, just fucking go for it, boys, go for it. Uh, this match is fucking awesome. Boy, horse and hound, why are you laughing? I'll pack it. <sighs> no, 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 no. This G1 was supposed to be different. Master Wato. Hey, Master Wato, what percent do you do, like, what percent do you put into your matches? Well, I don't know about them Australia uh schools and how they be teaching you your your you know ones and twos and abcs and all that but here in america or excuse me japan i'm from japan of course uh we you know they teach us the math really well and they teach us the you know talk like this this is how everybody from japan talks of course and uh and i could break that down for you but it could take a long time and and luke i don't know if you're up to it yeah i'm I'm up to it so as you can tell Listeners, these are pretty dumb. It's a bit like that old tournament. Oh. Tell me why people keep seeking, dreaming, for tomorrow's dream, which is almost impossible to reach. Lonely night, only stars are looking at me. I kissed you to be sure of myself, us. When can I make my dream? which I have been chasing come true, but nobody knows it. I cannot deny my will, aspiration, dream, oh, in the storm. Like a bird about to flutter its wings in the light, become the wind. How many miles do I have to walk to reach the goal? I have devoted everything to fighting, but always I want to feel alive. Don't want to make tomorrow clouded with tears i don't want an answer because i have the dream in my heart oh in the storm into the storm like a bird about to flutter its wings in the light fly high in the sky i have to be a lonely warrior tonight i have to be a lonely warrior tonight through my hard days Withholding my aspiration. Donkey Jerky! Donkey Jerky!